0: hi hello how are you thanks for stopping by today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things living real lives doing real stuff this is the working perspectives podcast i'm matt lavelle accompanied by party in your pants party boy magic man mccormick pete mccormick our guest today is the dynamic duo of jason bowers accompanied by his father mr bowers all right party boy pete ready to get this thing started or what
1: let's kick the tires and light the fires big daddy
0: i'm ready to rock and roll love it all right well you can find all our episodes on all podcast platforms and youtube at working perspectives podcast you can find us on spotify at the working perspectives podcast you can join us for all the fun on instagram and follow us on tiktok and twitter at working p pod all right let's get this thing started let's go
2: that now at the cool Perspectives. Yeah. It's our objective to be effective, my voice in society's working perspective,
0: Perspectives. we're exploring your workday and how you get paid, launching new episodes every Tuesday, your day can transform while we inform, with episodes available on all podcast platforms, check out our vibe and how we get live. Then do us a solid like, share, and subscribe. Working Perspectives. All right, Petey. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I want to tell you about this one. But before we do, there's something we have to discuss. Uh-oh, what's going on, Matt? I think you know, and the dozens and dozens of podcast listeners know, that I was pirated. Okay. Pirated? Yeah. Some son-of-a-bitch, bastard, asshole, jerk, asshole, son-of-a-bitch, bastard, motherfucker named Tom Lavelle jumped onto our show. No, I've never even heard of the guy. Never even heard of him. Yeah, well, if you would, you would have smelled him because he stinks. All (laughs) right. That stinking son-of-a-bitch jumped on our show illegally. He's not approved. He is not approved by the PAAA. And if you're not approved, you're not coming on this show. All right. Wait, when he came in
1: here without PAAA approval. He just walked on the show like he could do that?
0: He thinks he's the Dread Pirate fucking Roberts, and he thinks he can just jump on this show without approval from the PAAA. Unheard of. A Unheard scab, of. A scab yeah. of the highest order. Yeah. Well, you know what? Sharon, or Cheryl from the PAAA, she had a word for him, all right? Good. But Good. it doesn't matter. This guy's a scumbag. He's a scoundrel, and you know what he did? What he, he bought did? the rights to the goddamn show, All right. That son of a bitch, That's, right out from under you, right out from under me. Well, under from uh, apparently there were some behind the scenes deals with him and Shake Rattle and Roll. Oh, and Shake no Rattle idea. and
1: Roll. Otherwise, I like to call him Benedict Arnold. <laughs> yeah,
0: how about it, freaking Judas? If you're asking me, buddy, you know, <laughs> stabbed you right Hope in the, the damn. Silver back. Was worth it. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. That son of a bitch bastard sold the show to our arch enemy who wasn't even approved. So now. That son of a bitch, bastard, asshole, jerk, Tom Lavelle, challenged me to a game of Mario Kart for the rights. He challenged to the show. you to a game of Mario Kart. I know. What is he thinking? Might as well just give me the show now. I mean, I am yeah, I the greatest Mario Kart player that's ever lived, and everyone you might as well it. challenge
1: Hulk Hogan to a uh, shirt tearing contest because you got <laughs> this one in the bag, buddy.
0: You're goddamn right, buddy. You're goddamn right. So we haven't set the date or the time. For the epic showdown of Mario Kart, but it will happen, and he will do. He will go down.
1: He will oh, he's down. going down. He, he's going down to Chinatown.
0: He's going down to Chinatown, and not
1: Town. and not for their delicious food either.
0: No, no, no. He's not. He's not getting some General so or some lo main no. All right, he's, he's on cleanup duty. Yeah, yeah. If anything, he's going down there and he's getting some extra COVID that they got lying around. All right,
3: <laughs> son of a
0: bitch. All right. So either way, enough about asshole. Uh, I want to tell you. I want to tell you about Mister Bowers. All right. All right. Let's get into it. So let's get to it. So uh, I'm going to take you back in time. The year is 1993. Okay, your boy, old Uncle Maddie, is nine years old, and our family that includes me. Uh, my little brother, Shithead, my older sister, Psycho, and my older sister, Asshole, accompanied by my mom and my dad. We Are took those a- French names? Yeah. Uh, yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah French. Uh, like the French say, les <laughs> encompte. So uh, either way, we took, uh, it took me or me and, the, uh, me and the crew, the whole family, we went down to Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. My parents took us there for a little bit of a family vacation, Right. We were down there for like four to five days and, you know, the whole time we're having fun, doing a thing. And my dad set it up that we went to every museum and we went to every house, the white one, the brown one, the green one, the yellow <laughs> one, right? We went to Ford's theater. We actually saw a show at Ford's theater. We had All dinner right. or we had d- dinner or lunch at the diner in the, uh, the big museum. I don't know. I forget what it's called. And we went to the Pentagon. The Smithsonian? That's the one old Smith's Smith's uh, Smithsonian's uh, museum where they, I think they had a diner in there. We might have some lunch. It was pretty good. You know, I remember there was a banana split somewhere, which is delicious Uh, either way. But obviously with two parents and four kids and sharing a hotel room, or I guess we had two, no, we had one hotel room. uh, Things got a little squirrely by the end and everyone's at each other's throats, which is bound to happen when you got four kids that drove down to Washington, DC from Philadelphia in a, in a uh, Volvo. Yeah. It's not Disneyland. Disneyland. We'll say that. No, it's not. But it was still a good time, right? Uh, The whole time we were down there, though, my dad would wake up early to train, right? And what he was doing, he was training. uh, Ready for the Kumite? Pretty close. Him and my uncle were training to swim the English Channel, right? Yep. Him and my Uncle Marty. Shout out my Uncle Marty. who's also my godfather. It was out on you, Uncle Marty. That's a family thing. Pete asked me about it later. Yeah. It was out on you, Uncle Marty. So either way, he's training the whole time. So he would wake up early. He would go work out, then come back to the hotel, like do his thing, get us all ready. And then we go on our adventures for the day. Right. So Right. right. And he'd been doing that for a while. But the way he trained, he was, you know, he boxed and he wrestled and he was in the army and everything like that. So his training, he would always wear like a hoodie or something like that, right? So we're talking the middle of July here. So we come back from Washington, D.C. We make the trip back in the the Volvo station wagon and we make it to Philadelphia. So we're there. The first night we're back, everyone's asleep. My dad then wakes up to work out, right? And the way my mom tells it is that we wake up. He wakes up to work out, and then all of a sudden, he come, the next thing my mom knows is that she hears a loud bang and like a, like a something hit the bed. And what happened was, my dad was working out. He comes back home and he barely makes it home. You know, they don't know how makes it home. Has a stroke right at the foot of the bed. Falls down. Jesus. Nails. Yeah, nails the footboard of the bed, which wakes up my mom. Right. My mom then calls the hospital and is like, you need to come pick them up, right? And the ambulance came, pick them up. When the ambulance came and picked them up, my mom went and woke up my older sister, Psycho, and was like, hey, Psycho, this isn't a dream. This is real. When the boys wake up, you got to take care of them, right? And when the ambulance came, it kind of woke up our neighbors. Miss, shout out Mr. and Mrs. Grazat. And the neighbors are like, hey, send the boys over here while the shit's going down, and then we'll send them back, right? So... And we end up waking up. When we wake up, my sister's psycho's like, "Hey guys, go over to this gazette. It's a pool day because they had a pool." So, oh, so you, to... n-
1: nothing's wrong. We're just going over and hanging by the we're pool. Like, Lucky what? us.
0: They didn't. They didn't really like us that much because they were older and they're. We're yeah. like, what? they're letting us in the pool. We've
1: never even been. So over when it there. became their responsibility to watch, you, it was a real welcome to Oz bitch moment for them. Like, Yo, no, not these four.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're like, welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch, and it was. So we headed over to when we went swimming, and they like made us like a lunch and things like that, and we're having fun hanging out. Then eventually, my mom gets back, and the Skrzatcz are like, "Get the fuck out of this house and don't fucking come <laughs> back!" And we're like, "All right, see you later." So we head back. Unfortunately,
1: none of them drowned; they are all healthy. Yeah, uh, yeah take them yeah. away from our yard. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Tell them they're not allowed back, and that we're not going to forgive them for what they did to the dog. All right, so. Either way, we go back to the house, then my mom's there, and she's with the three of us, and me, uh, asshole, and the little shit, and we, uh, she kind of breaks the news to us, right? And she says, look, your dad's sick, he had a stroke, and he's in a coma, right? So she kind of knew at that point, she's like, look, I, can't, I have to be in the hospital, but I can't leave these kids alone, and Psycho isn't old enough. So what right, she did was, ahead. is she called all of our friend's parents- and was like, can can my kid please stay with you? So I think uh, Asshole stayed with the Madden family. Little Shit stayed with Jay and Mr. Bowers' family and Jay's little brother, David, who was Alex's best friend at the time. And obviously, Mrs. Bowers was there as well. But Alex got to stay there. And then because Alex was at Jay's, I went and stayed at our good friend of the show and owner of Scott and Bell Productions, Ron Scott Lesky's house, right? And then my sister went and stayed in some fucking convent or whatever the fuck. I don't know what they said. <laughs> um, <laughs> Either way. So, uh, obviously it's very upsetting because I was nine at the time and it's like, you know, it's your dad and you think at the time, yeah, especially that, when
1: you're nine, that dad, dad's are superheroes at that point in su- time. You're, indestructible. You're,
0: exactly. That's you're exactly right. So at my mind, my dad's indestructible and you know, he, and he's a superhero and all these things. And I had no idea he could get sick. So, he gets sick, he's in the hospital, he's in a coma, right? So I remember I go over Ron's house and like I stay over there, but I was still like, we we're like, you know, we would still play like we we're kids. So like it affected us. But like, you know, obviously, like turn on, you know, fucking yeah, you don't have the severity and, of the
1: situation.
0: Yeah, correct. Just and, and in back, yeah. And you're right. And in the back of our mind, it's like, all right, well, whatever. When he comes home, things will be okay. Right. We didn't know how bad it was. So Either way, I remember, you know, I was playing with Ron, but then in the course of time, I would, we, you know, I would go over Jay's house as well, because we all lived in the same neighborhood and we were just like playing around doing things. When I went over to Jay's house, right, I remember I walked in there and obviously Jay's parents were well aware of the situation, and everything like that. And, you know, I felt like I was normal, you know what I mean? But obviously, you don't know how you're feeling, especially at that age. And Jay's dad, I remember... Uh, he pulled me aside and he told me, he's like, look, uh, I know what happened to your dad and look, he's tough. He's going to be okay. And no matter what, we'll help you out. Right. And, you know, he didn't have to do that. And for a nine-year-old kid, it was very helpful and I can't thank him enough. And it really brought some solace to me. And, uh, I know, you know, maybe he doesn't remember, but I would never forget that. So I'm really happy to hear when we started this show that he was a big fan of the show, obviously, like everyone else is, like the dozens (laughs) and dozens of listeners. He has good taste. He has excellent taste, obviously. Uh, But he has excellent taste and uh, he loves the show. And I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm so happy that he would agree to come on. And I know he's doing great and he's retired. And we're not only joined by Mr. Bowers, but Jay is here as well. But I already asked this of Jay, and uh, I know you're doing great, Mr. Bowers, and everything's good. I would just like to ask, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what would you think of that piece of shit movie?
3: (laughs) I actually saw about 10 minutes of it the other day. And you're right, it's a piece of shit movie. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch, are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Pete, I just, I mean, you know, it's no tombstone, Pete. What can I tell you? A voice
1: of a generation finally gets betrayed, and, and no one appreciates it
0: but me. Oh, wow. That's all oh, right. Wow. That's all right. Yeah, sure. Steven Seagal. Wait, if Steven no one Seagal appreciated played... the
1: great Gatsby until F. Scott Fitzgerald was dead either, just so you remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pa- Pablo Picasso never sold a fucking painting in his life until he kicked the fucking bucket, <laughs> right? That fucking Pablo. But no, yeah, you're right, Pete. Uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe after we're dead, people think this movie is OK. But I mean, you know, I doubt I doubt that'll happen. But if Steven Seagal would have played Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody, it probably would have been fucking the best movie of all time. Right, Pete? Oh, well, we all know that the, the, uh,
1: the thespian, the, 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 <laughs> the exceptional thespian that is Steven Seagal would have knocked out of the park.
0: Yep. So. All right. So enough of me and Pete yammering on uh, Jay, I know you're doing good. Mr. Bowers, how are you, sir? good 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 glad to hear thanks for coming on thanks for joining us You're welcome. so how is retirement going for you eh, pretty good loving it loving it oh, how man. long have you been retired <laughs> uh, almost a year oh how oh, nice. nice yeah I,
3: I stayed home during the covid so i don't know, I don't know how many lives i saved but I, I stayed in the house for a year <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you did. You were the real hero. You know,
1: (laughs) he's like, "I'm retired. I'm finally going to get out and start doing stuff I like." And the government's like, "Nope, not today." Stay (laughs) in house. (laughs) We're going to hit pause on that retirement party
0: for one year. Just your luck, you got the yeah. Soon as it came in, lockdown was in. But uh, I know you're very lucky, and I'm lucky to have met uh, these two strapping young young men that you call grand grandsons. Jay's two sons. Did you uh-huh. get to hang out with them a lot or what?
3: Yeah, occasionally, yeah.
0: Yeah. they are great case. kids. I'll tell you what, man. They're... Someone played
3: T-ball this weekend.
0: Oh, great. how did oh, they man. do?
3: That oh, was fun. Oh, man. So, is <laughs> yeah.
0: T-ball – what's the deal with T-ball now? Because I've heard there's T-ball, and then there's another type of thing above T-ball. It's not like Little League anymore. It's like something else. It's like uh... – Yeah, well, they don't use like coach the, 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 t- they, the, the coach pitches, yeah. Okay. But isn't there, some? someone was telling me that there's even another thing where there's like T-ball, which is kind of like, you know, it can be kind of like you're staring at butterflies sometimes if you're a little kid, which you're trying to just keep them, keep them occupied. But then there's another thing where it's like, you're just like different stations doing activities. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know.
4: um, Below T-ball, they do what's called quick ball. Okay. So like as young as like two or three, just to start introducing them to the game.
0: Oh, nice. All right. See, this is why I was
4: never good at baseball,
1: because they skipped that stage for me. And, and it, it was too advanced. I couldn't start off on the tee. I needed something before that, more <laughs> rudimentary.
0: Yeah, I, I, I remember, and Jay, I think you'll remember this as well. Uh, when we were playing Fourth Street Park one time, we were playing wiffle ball. And Pete was like, you know, he was hanging with our crew and everything like that. And we're like, oh, yeah, all right, let's play wiffle ball. And Pete was like the first guy picked. And we were like, "All right, he'll be the cleanup guy. He's gonna freaking smoke this thing." Not only could he not hit the goddamn ball, he couldn't <laughs> throw the fucking thing
1: either. We <laughs> were like, okay, That's all right." What I lack in power,
0: I make up for it with my lack of speed as well.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but yeah, you were uh, yeah, you were a demon out there. That's for sure. You were just the golden glove. No, but that was you know thinking of old times. That was fun. But Jay, the uh, the boys did good at T-ball or what?
4: yeah it was fun nice man it's a good time it's uh it's it's a lot of just screaming <laughs> about what to, yeah, mostly what to run, do. run run
3: run yeah. Yeah. No, the, other, point, way, the James, other way the other way
4: Jamison was playing first base you know we were defense we were out in the field he was playing first base um and they were yelling for the kid on first to run to second so Jam took off and ran to second
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I love that it's
4: fun yeah.
0: oh that's the best <laughs> Dude, I, and we were uh, when Jay was on. For the listeners, they'll know that Jam was the was the one on the first episode. If you if you saw it on YouTube and everything, we had the picture of the bike that Jay uh, helped like paint and you know kind of just remodel entirely for Jam, which was badass, man. Badass stuff. Really happy that you could do that for your son. So speaking of that, let's get into this, and then we'll get into some other stuff. But I really wanted to start off with everyone's new favorite segment. It's the hot segment hitting the streets that everybody loves. It's called Memory Lame. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So in English, if you say, this is lame, when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool. It's not awesome. uh, It's not
3: interesting.
0: Now that's lame as in not cool like bohemian rhapsody (laughs) but uh yeah lame lame so what we're going to do now is we're going to bring up Mm. some topics and because we have mr bowers on not only can we bring up topics from the 90s but the 80s and 70s as well 60s 60s too (laughs) (laughs) and we can bring up these topics and we can discuss if they're still if they're still totally radical tubular or if they're complete lamos so uh as always, Mr. Bowers, the guest is the one who brings up the memory lame. And you, we were talking about this earlier. What was that game that you were telling us uh, with the box in the. A in the, in oh, dead bottle? box. Dead box. Okay. So, yeah. can you please. Uh, exp- so, this kind of to me, these are the kind of things because let, let's be honest, when you look in mo- like old movies and stuff, you've seen like the kid with the stick and like the wooden hoop kind of thing. I don't know what that was. There's like a pole. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: before my time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But you know, obviously toys are a lot more sophisticated now, even when we were kids, they were ultra sophisticated. But, but back when you were kind of a kid, you guys had to come up with stuff with what you had. No, we just reason. played
3: outside all day. You know, it's, oh, it's which what we did.
0: Best. Man. Yeah.
3: But dead box was a game where you you'd draw these little stations out on those in the street. You had to play in the street. Uh-huh. And I, uh, you'd shoot bottle caps from one, two, three, four, through the whole sequence of this, like almost like a board you would set up on the street, yeah. oh. and to get to the last, last hole or last it's almost like golf with a bottle cap. Yeah, get to the last first one to the last segment wins. So it was yeah. it was pretty fun.
1: So it was like a combination of like uh paper football and and bocce ball kind of a thing, just bringing worlds together. <laughs>
3: Not so, really, just like shooting bottle caps. You want your finger on the
0: ground. Oh, okay, you from flick one it to another. You, you flick it with your thumb with the bottle cap. Is that how you're doing it, or you're like whipping it? You shoot
3: it so it slides across the, the oh, street oh, kind of like, so like, like a f- like You would shoot a football flat on the table. Like yeah. yeah, flat on the table. Oh, you would shoot and it, it from, and it had to land in the target. Right. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, you had to get it in the box. That's why you had to be dead in the box. That's what called a dead box.
0: Yeah,
3: all right. It was fun. I even had remember years ago hearing about a dead box tournament that city of Philadelphia was actually holding back then. I'm like, well, my friends never heard of it. You know, I said, "You ever hear a dead box?" No, I never heard of it. So from the suburbs is that a Philly thing? Because I yeah, it was pretty much when I was a
0: kid. Yeah, it's
3: one of the things we did down in Philly. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, oh nice. So, my mom, yeah, because you were you were Chestnut Hill. My mom was K and A. I I wonder... Actually, it was West Oak Lane. Oh, West Oak Lane, yeah. You said yeah, that. I was I'm born sorry. in
3: Chestnut Hill Hospital, but West Oak Lane.
1: I Matt, I'm, I'm finding an article on Hidden City Philadelphia op-ed spreading the dead box gospel one bottle cap at a time. <laughs> I told you. So <laughs> if anybody Google it, uh I, I just Googled Philadelphia Children's Game Dead Box, and, and you got the whole article from la- uh, September of 2019. Oh, wow. Spreading the
3: dead box gospel.
0: Were you using like, so you're using the bottle caps from like a Coke bottle, right? Yeah, that had cork
3: inside, not plastic. Oh,
0: wow. So these things. Bottle caps
3: used to have cork, a little layer of cork. Oh, really?
0: Back in the day. No kidding. Yeah, now it has like the gel kind of plastic
3: ring on it. Yeah, but it used to be cork. All right,
0: That's fascinating. That makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting, man. That's kind of fun. I love seeing (laughs) stuff like that, you know, like. And they have like there's different names for like because Pete, Pete was uh, Frankfurt and Somerdale. We would call it Manhunt, right? You call it Spring, right?
1: Yeah, it was Spring where we were from. What everyone called Manhunt in the suburbs. Yeah, because we would yell Spring when we would let everybody uh, let everybody go.
0: I, had a, I remember I used to work at a bar at uh, Vinny T's, which you guys know, obviously. And at the bar, there was this guy that would come in. His name was Ed. And he was like an old timer. And he grew up in the city kind of thing. And he used to tell me they used to play a game where they would fling their baseball cards against like a brick wall. And you like the corner of the brick wall and the sidewalk where it met. And you'd want to get your card to like stand up, right, where it would be touching both and like a Yeah, exactly. A (laughs) leaner. Yeah. (laughs) And he would say, like, if you were able to do it, you collected all the cards that everyone threw and like you would pick, you know what I mean? He spelled
3: pitching cards. Yeah. Oh, so you okay. All right. He did that too. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Nice. I remember too. I remember when we were kids cuz like we would go you know trick or treating and stuff and you would always say back in the day it was the big candy bars that everybody got and not the little fun size ones.
3: Yeah, and we were row houses so you could do like 3 blocks and have a whole <sighs> grocery
0: bag full uh,
3: of full size candy bars.
0: Oh my gosh, that is the truth. That was the, that was so much fun back in the day. Mm-hmm. Hitting up the uh, the row homes is the way to go. You're not if you're not, yep. not trick or treating on a row home, might as well go the hell home. You know what I mean? Yeah, we moved was, up uh... to the suburbs. <laughs> we're looking at the
3: houses, and they were spread so far apart. Like what the hell? Yeah.
1: So that, that was uh, Mister I grew up in the city until like sixth, seventh grade, and then I moved to the suburbs. And then, uh, you know, after college and everything, me and Matt and an asshole actually lived together in maniunk Yeah. And I forgot how many kids came out for trick or treating because you know I show up with my three bags of candy. And they were gone within like 30 minutes because I'm like, oh, yeah, take two or three pieces. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I got to run out and get more because, yeah, <laughs> trick or treating in this city is a sight, especially oh. like in the neighborhoods. They yeah, have like northeast Roxbury, like any of those. We have like all the kids come together and they just come in rows.
0: I, I love too how when like Halloween kind of escalates as you get older. So like when we were kids. Like, obviously it's all about the candy. It's all about like, get your costume on, do your thing, but you're out there, you're hitting the streets. You're trying to get as much candy as you can. When you're older and especially Pete mentioned Man Maniunk, Maniunk on Halloween is a time. Like I'm seeing, let's just say the ladies are dressed very elegantly. You know what I mean? they're, they're, the ladies are challenging each other of who can show the most skin Right. And like and the guys are down there trying to get like, you know, like I remember like, you know, like you're seeing God, like they're Smurfs. And like I remember after uh, the after uh, the Batman Dark Knight came out, there was a bunch of joke. Like it's all, you know, yearly. I was dressed as Rosie O'Donnell for like four years, brought the house down, you know what I'm saying? I even had I was Rosie O'Donnell from A League of Their Own one year. Not gonna lie, probably the best costume anyone's ever seen. Hey, you showed up at our house one time in a Girl Scout outfit
3: for Halloween. <laughs> I'll never
0: and forget that. The weird thing that. was, it was uh,
1: it was in September. Uh, it was not a Halloween. and <laughs> Matt was just wearing it regularly. He was selling was, cookies.
0: Uh, it was... Yeah, it was mid-May, and I was trying to get the Samoas off the shelf. All right, you and it know? was
1: actually this past. It was this past summer to tell you. The yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I remember that. That so yep. it's funny you mentioned that because uh that Girl Scout uniform made its way through my entire family. So
2: <laughs> it was obviously
0: my older sister Psycho's uh Psycho's her it was her uniform first, obviously, and then uh asshole wore it for Halloween, and then <laughs> I think a year later or two years later, I wore it for Halloween, and then eventually little shit wore it for Halloween as well. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, – well, I mean, obviously, I pulled it off the best. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's Yeah, you were the
3: cutest, yeah,
0: <laughs> Right. Can't say I blame you there. So, all right. Nice. So, uh, well, let's vote on it. So, it's Dead Box is the game. So, Mr. Bowers, you put it up. What are you voting on Dead Box, sir? Is it ray- rad or is it lame? Oh, it's rad. Totally it rad. rad. J Bird, what are you thinking, babe?
4: I feel like there's so many games that are similar throughout the years. It's definitely rad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Peter Hosen. The the first uh, sentence in this article is I grew up in Oxford Circle. So this is getting a rad from me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
0: tell you what I would uh, I'd have to date like when were bottle caps invented because I'd have to think that this game predates golf you know so if (laughs) if anything if anything you're welcome tiger woods well for for all the good times it predates golf in west oak lane that's for sure yeah damn right (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's going to be a rad for me as well so we got a mondo rad for when it comes to our first memory lane item that's awesome so cool let's see all right let's do all right let's get well i want to get into some stuff so all right so that was memory lane All right, fans, time for a break in the action to bring back one of our favorite segments. This is The Date You Hate with our good friend, Lord Richard Bach. Lord Richard, what's the date and what do you hate? The date is June 15th, 1099. So I'm in this army and uh, we're gonna take back the Holy Land from these jerks called the, I don't know, the Arabs or the Sultan or whatever his name is. So um, we get there and um, this is the worst place It's just
1: so
3: freaking hot. I mean, England's hot in the summertime, but this place sucks. I mean, it's
0: 115 degrees. You can't get any water, and you got to ride a freaking camel. That's the date, and that's what I hate. All right. That was the date you hate with our good friend, Lord Richard Bach. Now, back to the show. All right. So, let's keep this moving. So, we got some killer, killer stuff today, man. Pete, I know you saw the notes. This episode is going to be excellent. So uh, like we mentioned before, Mr. Bowers here was born in Chestnut Hill Hospital. He grew up in West Oak Lane and then he moved to North Wales at the age of seven, right? He did public school, K through 12. He also did like a tech school at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would graduate from North Brent High School and everything like that. And then while in high school, he was in tech school for carpeting, right? He did, or carpentry, sorry, (laughs) not carpeting. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, yeah, he's done that
3: too.
0: (laughs) He's done it all. We'll find out that he's done it all. And then uh, he did some wrestling in junior high. So another wrestler on the show. There we go. All right. All right. But I would like to bring this up. So, and we brought this up before. We actually brought this up on Jay's episode where uh, the comedian Robert Kelly, I've spoken about him several times, right? And Robert Kelly has brought up that they're no longer making men anymore. They're making dudes, Right. So uh, what would happen is if something were to break at my house, uh, if it can't be fixed with duct tape, then (laughs) me being a dude has to call a man to come and fix it, right? Mr. Bowers is definitely in the man category. So that being said, I want to get it started with the first job that we went over. And this is fascinating. And Jay, I was actually kind of pissed that you didn't tell me about this. So. Uh, one of your first jobs, Mr. Bowers, you were pumping gas in high school, and mm-hmm. this is you were pumping gas at a full service gas station. Now, I want to bring this up because th- these don't exist anymore. But I think what will happen is with the birth of Tesla and everything like that, this job being a being a full ter- full service gas attendant, right? This job will probably be replaced by some type of app or robot or things like that, (laughs) where if you have a Tesla, you're pulling up to the Tesla station and they're going to look at, you know, just scan your car with whatever and say, you need this, this, and this. That was Mr. Bowers in the flesh. And this is at the age of like 17, 18, right? Mr. Bowers. Uh, No, actually 16, 15. Oh my gosh. Even younger. So this to me was really cool. So I will bring up two things. So first, when you were working at the gas station, Mr. Roush, what kind of things were, were you doing? So say, let's play, let's play like role play a little bit. So I pull up in my car. Let's say I got, you know, you're 16 at the time. So that's like 1971, 72, maybe, mm-hmm. right? 73. Yeah. 73. So let's say I pull up in my 73 Chevelle, right? You're gonna look at this. You're you see me pulling up. I need a tank. What what's the interaction like? So I say, hey, you know, hey, Mister Bowers, uh, can fill her up, right, or something like that. <laughs> and then what goes on then? So you, okay,
3: I walk over and I'd say, what do you need? They go fill it up. So I'll start filling it up. And as soon as I start filling it, I go and I go. Got to start washing the windows, you know, with a rag and I you squirt the windows, wash them down.
0: Didn't have then a squeegee. Asked, you didn't have a squeegee then. No, it was a rag. No shit. All and, right,
3: cool. And uh, then you say, you know, check your oil. And they'd say either yay or nay. And if you, they say yay, you got to check the oil. You're down a quart, some a quarter oil. You know, and then you get the idiots, oh, I need air in my tires. You know, you got pulled around, put air in their tires. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the whole bay did the full service.
0: So and you're you're able to like the gas station all would have like an auto garage attached to it, which it still does to this day. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't sell gas anymore. It's ma- mainly a repair mm-hmm. shop. But and,
0: uh, yeah. And you so but you would be able to put it up on the stilts and everything like that if you had to. And just... yeah, I used to change oil, you know honestly Take how bounce um, tires yeah I, I learned all that yeah i would i would love i'll tell you this right now i would love to be able to go to a gas station get my tank filled and my oil changed in 10 minutes and be out of there i would absolutely pay for that mm-hmm. if that was an available service if Wawa starts having you know you know tire <laughs> rotation and uh oil changes available forget mm-hmm. about it There no one's yep. going anywhere else babe i'll tell you that But man, that's awesome. So you're there and really like this is I feel like jobs back then too. like right now, if you look at a gas station guy, it's some, you know, some freaking stew just walking around, sweeping, wearing his vest like but he's not learning anything. He's just there as like a service kind of maybe.
3: I think that when I was when I was young and a a teenager, there's a lot more opportunities for Young people to get jobs, yeah. doing stuff like that. You know, I was yeah. a stock boy, I did all that stuff. They, they don't have that anymore. Yeah, go ahead. You know,
1: I, I just want to touch on that. That's a good point because uh, so I, 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 I've been a corporate tax accountant for the past thirteen years, and I recently left that profession. But I noticed um, I came up in compliance. You know, where you start working on people's tax returns, and that's the way you kind of learned it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that work now is being outsourced to like KPMG in India. And I'm just mm-hmm. sitting here. And I'm like, well, how do kids? get into accounting if, if they don't have the basics, like how are they learning? And I guess the same thing, like how do kids get into automotive work if they don't have that job as the gas attendant to kind of get their feet wet? Like, okay, yeah. you, you can't do this, but we can have you fill up the cars and, and wash this. And then maybe Daniel will be busy and he can change some oil. And that's kind of like the way that people would learn. You cut you start at the bottom and you come up. But yeah. you're right. Like there, a lot of those opportunities aren't really there. Everyone wants the guy that has three to five years experience. Nobody wants the guy fresh out of college or fresh out of high school yeah. or, or the mm-hmm. GE day.
0: Yeah. And, and it's all who, you know, like you have to know some if that's if you don't have like the experience that you're saying, you have to know someone to get you an in and teach you. And I mean, honestly, though, like that, that job, did you like you working at that job? You provided a service as much as you were learning. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, absolutely. like, you're learning too. one of the biggest things. And I think you pass this on to Jay. And I just remember learning this by watching you and Jay, where it's like at this job. And I think you probably already had this but you're learning to respect tools as well. Tools Mm. are not toys. Tools are tools. And they're to be respected, right? Yeah, I got chewed up fingers to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I bet. I bet. And we can't wait to get into those stories. But- So at this gas station, man, I'll tell you, you're going in there, you're learning things, you're doing all this stuff and you're providing a service. Like you're building a rapport with the people that come in. Mm -hmm. People know, like they go in and, you know, I'll say your first name is Carl. So they'll come in and say, oh man, Carl, thanks for, you know, I had no idea. You saved my ass last week with that oil change and I would have been busted out. You know, like you're that
3: appreciative. (laughs) Well,
0: you know, like (laughs) they might've had that thought, but they know like you do a good job and that's not just you building like. Like it's you building, like it's your character speaking, but it's also like you building your work. Like you're just what you can do, you know, like you being able to do that. I guarantee you can change every oil and every car you've ever had. You probably did. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something like, all right, well I'll do it this Sunday, no big deal. And that's the kind of thing, like, I kind of like wish I would have learned or had the opportunity to learn, but those, you know, those things don't exist. If I wanted to learn that I'd have to go to a school or something well, like being
3: exposed to that. I was able later on to actually swap motors in an old van that I had myself.
0: Oh, Jesus yeah, You had a
3: Chilton's manual and an engine hoist. You could pretty much do
0: anything you wanted, you know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's incredible. And like, you know, you had the tools and everything like that and you were just able to knock it out just because of like experience and doing all that. Plus, my neighbor across the street was a mechanic, so he helped me a lot. Oh, there you go. That always, (laughs) you know, but that's a good thing. But that's also someone you met, too. You know what I mean? Like going through this. Mm -hmm. So, I did want to bring this up. And, Jay, I'm going to say naughty to you, sir, for never saying this because I've been (laughs) in a car with you driving by. So, the gas station you worked back, like you said, is you worked at is still there. It's not a gas station now, it's just an auto garage. But when you were there, the owner of the gas station asked you to build a sign, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That sign that you built, you're 15, 16 years old. <clears throat> he asked you to build this sign. This is was in kind 10th of,
3: grade, yep.
0: 10th grade. So this is kind of like your <clears throat> first kind of foray into carpentry, which ended yeah, end up yep. being your career, right? And you built this sign, which Pete, still there to this day, right? Oh, wow. We've all driven by it. Pete, you know the, the auto garage behind the Wawa where North Wales Road has that – the Wawa North Wales Road where it meets and has, like, the the V, you know, near the – Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yep, yeah, yeah. That auto garage exactly. behind the Wawa is where he ah. used to work. Yeah across, right, the right. Kevers, right? yeah, across from McKeevers, right? Yeah. Across from McKeevers,
3: right by the train station.
0: Yeah. And there the sign that's there that I've been in the car with Jay, <laughs> and we've probably driven by a hundred times. He never, you know, he failed to mention that his old man. Was the one that built that sign. You know, it was, it's it was, funny because
3: every time I drove by, they like pointed it out to him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's something that's great though. Like, my dad never. And Jay's had like, that.
1: this knowledge dies with me. No one yeah. else will <laughs> ever know. I know, it's Dad. You made that sign. I know.
4: I actually, uh, a couple of years ago, I had thought it'd be like a cool, like, either Christmas or birthday present to try and buy that sign off the place. Oh, really? But, I thought it was cooler that it was still hanging rather than have them take it off from above the door. Like if you like you drive by, it's like that brown, it's like a brown sign that hangs right above the entrance. Yeah. 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 Don't pay well, more if than that 60 building bucks ever goes for sale. Off. We'll
0: have to uh yeah. yeah. To- what, no what were you on? What was that? Said, don't Bauer? pay more than 60 bucks or you'll get ripped off because that's only <laughs> <all he> charged <laughs> on. Could you but think if, we said this when we met. Right. Mr. Bauer. So it, how 30 years ago you, you made that, right? Oh, uh, 45, 45 years ago. 45 years ago, you made that sign. Mm, That's, got that. that is incredible. So you, that the guy who paid that, right. It was less than a dollar <laughs> per year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, And who knows 15 years, you know what I mean? Like it could be. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah like, you got to think of it. there. The guy gave me a job. True.
3: Gave me experience. True. And I did a lot for me yeah and you know i had fun making it and you know i didn't know what the hell to charge you got <laughs> yeah
0: but also too like he almost he gave you kind of like that was almost a career path as well because yeah. that, it, would you say that's like where you're like look i'm good at this i like doing this i want now, to- i always had
3: an interest in carpentry okay i always wanted to get into it eventually so
0: yeah.
3: you know, i was geared going that direction
0: already nice. nice and you were kind of like you know like you like doing it and like you wanted, but this is also like testing your mind. Like, okay, I like, it almost validated your feelings. Like I like doing this and I can do this, Yeah, you know?
3: Yeah. Your first paid job does that to you.
0: Yeah. Good. And it's and like, I, sure I, I
3: did this. You know, here's my product. Oh, I'll, I'll buy that. Thanks. That that's, that's a good feeling.
0: Yeah. And it should be. It. And, 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 and any it's, profession, it's
1: fake until you make it right. You're just yeah. like pretending like you know what you're doing until <laughs> oh, you actually, well, actually do. actually,
3: Yeah. Because like, you'll go into a, a place, you're going to remodel a kitchen yeah and you go. well you're gonna rip a wall apart well you don't know if there's pipes back there or there's wires or whatever and they go well how are you gonna do it I, go, I don't know until i start ripping it apart and find out what's there yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> so you just start going yeah you kind of just make up well i'm gonna take the flim flam and i'm attaching to the jig bag and i'm gonna yeah. put it in the slip slap and then i'm gonna swack the boober and then you know Make up all these words and be like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's That's what the other guy said he would do, yeah. too. You
3: <laughs> I don't know do I ripped that wall apart and see what's behind it, you know?
0: I'll tell you what. It's like the-
1: Michelangelo. He didn't know he was going
3: to draw that painting.
1: He's like, oh, there'll be a little penis here. He had to just start going, and then he finally <laughs> got <that in> the <laughs>
0: penis. <laughs> you know, he was like, look, I know this guy Pete's going to be around one day, and he's going to appreciate it. <laughs> all right. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he started with the angel penis, and then he kept on moving. (laughs) And that's the Sistine Chapel. So there you go. Uh, All right, so nice. So this is, honestly, I'm going to try and get a picture of that sign to uh, post when we do the video for this episode.
3: Okay, I'll get one to you.
0: Oh, that'd be great. And I'll make the promo poster of it. So hopefully everyone, when you see the promo poster, you'll see a picture of this sign, hopefully. Uh, But okay, so let's keep it moving. So you're pumping gas there. And you're still in high school and stuff like that. You built the sign for the gas station. Then you left there and you were a stock boy at King's Depot, the department store. Department
3: store. Yeah.
0: Okay. So then what you're going there as a stock boy, and this is like entry level. So a stock boy, you're just essentially like, you're just hauling stuff boxes
3: and. Putting price tags on things.
0: Oh, nice! All right. Did you have the price tag gun or no? Yeah, the little gun. You sit there and you fast <laughs>
3: as you can, you know.
0: That's great. So, okay, cool. So, and this it, was this just for a certain department or was it everywhere? You're like well, when I was a
3: stock boy, it was for the whole store. Yeah. Uh-huh. eventually, they gave me a job as a department manager.
0: Oh, nice. Just nice.
3: for just for hardware and didn't go too well.
0: No. So, well, how old were you when you, so they gave you a managerial position. Yeah, I was uh, 18 years life. old. 18 years old. So oh, there you go. You're a yeah. young guy and we're, and, and I think we talked about this. There were older guys that worked in the department, weren't there? Were there? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they probably looked at you like this little snot coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? <laughs> So yeah, like, a little they, bit. Yeah, and they were, like, were these
1: guys jokers, or were, were some of them like, "Oh, I shouldn't have been passed up"? Or, <laughs>
3: nah, they, you know, they were retail guys that really had no life. Yeah. <laughs> I was just a kid, you know. And they, yeah, <clears throat> you know, when you're you know, like 40 years old and you're you had the same job as they gave the 18 year old kid that you know it was just a stock boy, you know yeah
0: yeah yeah you can sit you there
3: can... wine all they want <laughs> he's gonna look in the mirror
0: exactly They're like i'm and... still your
3: boss <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah
0: i'll get back but to work there's a reason that they picked the kid who actually i bet they sat like that's one thing that we brought up on the show where it comes to like jobs like complaining the most doing the least and not being committed doesn't get you a managerial position as much as you want it to it's not gonna work right so you yeah. came in you probably just kept your head down did well, your I was always a hard worker good. you know yeah yeah I was a
3: stock boy you know I did what I had to do and
0: yeah and you have to
3: be told what to do
0: yeah and you could figure it out problem solving is one like is a skill that people don't like I wish you could put it down on your resume. You know what I mean? Like think on your feet and problem solve are two of yep. the most valuable skills you can have. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Ahead, you, somebody's yep. been in a management position before. The other thing too is I love note takers. There's nothing worse than like when you're talking to someone and you're like, well, where are your notes at? Like, are you going to remember this or am I going to tell you the same exact thing like next week? You know, so mm-hmm. anybody that's taking notes or somebody you knows like, oh, I, I told this guy one time and I haven't had to tell him again. Like it, it managers notice that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Good. Which they should. And honestly, like, hold, you got You should hold yourself accountable. You know what I mean? Like you don't Mm -hmm. go to a job to get paid to do the least amount you can. You know what I mean? Like you go there Mm -hmm. to do the job. I, you know, I don't know. I think that's just like a blue collar attitude that I think was instilled by all of our parents who kind of had the same mentality. You know what I mean? Which is good.
4: You know, I know uh, one thing that I've always, there's a quote that I heard years ago. Uh It was do more than you get paid for. To make an investment for your future
2: that's that's all right yeah. i
4: like that that's that's always been kind of one that i used was like you know yeah i'm gonna do more than you know go above and beyond because people are going to notice that yes and you mm-hmm.
0: know, look favorably upon you yeah <laughs> another quote my dad used to say he used to say you little shits are so lazy you thought manual labor was the president of Mexico." yeah but so no jay you're dude you are 100 right that is the truth go above and beyond you know what i Mm -hmm. mean and hopefully like let's be honest there are some you know there are some places where people politic and things like that but i think that if you do show true work ethic and you have to believe this you know, is that your true work ethic and the hard work and being committed and being a team player, all that will show and come out positive in the end. I truly believe that. So nice. So like we said, Mr. Bowers, you started off as the stock boy, then you went to managing the hardware department, but then things didn't work out there, you know, whatever. (laughs) And then you moved over to, uh, you started the domestics
3: department.
0: Yes. Okay. Which was sheets, pillows, Towels, just all that crap. Kind of like the Home's Goods kind of yeah. place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you went over there. What happened? So, and were you? Did you go over there in the managerial position as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you went to the domestic, the domestic department, how did it go? What was that like? And and what did you what did you do there?
3: Well, there was two old ladies that had worked there ever since I became a stock boy, and they yeah. ran the place. Yeah. You next thing they next thing they get this eighteen year old kid, or yeah. you're their boss now. You know, like
2: yeah,
3: they're looking at me like, "Are you kidding me?" I didn't know what a, a fitted sheet was to a <laughs> you know a, 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 a towel. You know, yeah. So I looked at these two ladies and I said, "Look, I said I'm your boss. I said I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I said you girls been running this department for years. I said think of me as your personal stock boy." You need me to sign something and, you know, we'll get along fine. And sure enough, you know, she was like, Carl, I need this. Bam, I'd get it for her. And we worked out really well, you know, because I knew they knew what they were doing. I had no clue. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, they're going to run it. They're going to keep running it. I'm going to look good.
0: Yeah. And how, what would you say like in compare in the work ethic comparison between the hardware department and the re and the domestic department, would you say that the ladies in the domestic department were harder workers than the guys in the hardware? Well, they knew
3: their job better. Yeah. So they didn't have to work harder. They just did work it. smarter. Yeah. yeah. Work smarter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good. That's awesome. Good. And then you were able to, you know, you were successful there, which is nice. And then, after, so it's, you're, so then you're doing the domestic remodeling and then did you start roofing at the same time or were you roofing and, and managing at the same time or how did well, that
3: work? I, I started after I was done the, the manager uh-huh. positions, I went into home remodeling with a, a company that, uh, had called me years before that. They asked me for a job and I turned them down. Oh, uh, so I finally got a job with them, started learning the home remodeling business.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Why did you turn them down the first time? Do you remember?
3: Because I just got the uh, manager jobs.
0: Oh, okay. At, at King's ah. Department Store. Okay. So you got like, the promotion there. Yeah. yeah. You're like, so. I'm going to stick with the promotion. I'm, See I'm how doing, it goes. Yeah. Doing so it and then they
3: they called me back about a year or so later. Yeah. And I said, you know, this this managing thing's not working out. So I, <laughs> I better bail and start doing home remodeling.
0: And they, they taught me a lot. And that's where I got my beginnings. Nice. So you're so you do start the home remodeling and things like that. And that really was another kind of uh you know, gas gas station kind of deal where it's like you're working, but you're mm-hmm. also learning, and you're learning yeah. not well, only went, valuable lessons in high with- school.
3: I went to tech school for carpentry.
0: Oh, okay. So like I said I was always okay. geared yeah. to go towards that eventually. I see. So, so you then, knew like the road ended in the carpentry eventually. Yeah. When you're doing the remodeling, though, like so you had and it was like old an older guy who kind of ran the remodeling company. So your yeah, two a, brothers owned it. The, okay. Did so I not, knew in
3: Boy Scouts actually? Oh,
0: yeah. So they so then they <laughs> must have known that. Did they do the tech school too? Or? They saw the sign. They, no, they, they saw they,
3: the sign. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they actually <laughs> called the tech school to get my name. Oh no! Oh, shit. And when they got the, they got my name from the tech school. They remembered me from Boy Scouts, and that's oh, why they called they me didn't... back a second time. Wow! They couldn't
1: just look you up on Facebook. <laughs> well, I didn't have a Facebook back. It was called a phone book back <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they yeah they saw the sign and it opened up their eyes. They saw the sign. That's for damn <laughs> sure. So nice. So uh, okay. So the two guys called you when you're there, though. Like I'm saying, like you are saying. You're learning the remodeling, the physical part of like, you know, ripping out, putting back together, all that thing. But then you're also learning like how to negotiate, what the pricing is like, how to talk to the customers, how to interact and things like that as well, right? Yeah, a little bit, but you know,
3: that was more their end of it. That was
0: more the, you know, the labor, the work. Would you say back
3: of the house versus front of the house?
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So would you, would you say that you had to gain that skill later? Or did you kind of see what they were doing and pick up little things from them? Or were you just strictly, I'm here to do the work and I'm here to leave. I'm not, I'm not a customer guy. Well,
3: you do pick up a little bit of, you know, that, but basically it's like, you
0: know, this is what I want you to do. How much is it going to cost? You know, you figure it out and here you go. Nice. So, okay. So let's get into this then. So what kind of things were you doing at first with the home remodeling? Because I Like, okay, so we had a guy and we aired his episode today, Steve Cabot. And for him, he starts when he worked in Auto garage, So he's starting out with the oil changes, the tire rotations, the changing tires and all that thing. Then eventually he's going to the diagnostics and the and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So when you get like this, you're, you you know, your entry level at the remodeling at this point, what kind of things are you doing at the entry level of the remodeling? Basically roofing and siding. Oh boy! Yeah, and I'm talking ripping off slate roofs. Oh,
3: putting new plywood down, re-shingling them.
0: Oh my uh, God!
3: Ripping siding off is basically yeah. outside work: roofing, siding. Jeez. What was like? What, what what was
1: the ultimate grunt job? Like, oh, this is the new guy. This is what we have him doing today. What was the worst job he could get
0: rid of? That digging a pit or clean what?
3: up slate shingles that you just thrown off the roof. Oh, <laughs>
0: so got to throw I, them
3: in a dumpster or a pickup.
0: Yeah, and so like it, like usually I've seen this where it's like they put a tarp on the ground. You're ripping it up, throwing it, yep. and it goes on the tarp, right? So then eventually they're like, all right, you grab the, you grab the the bad shingles and you throw them in the truck or the dumpster. And that was you. Yeah. But you couldn't use the tarp with the slates because it would just rip it apart. Oh, shreds while you're done.
3: Oh, so no. you would just try to hit the dumpster the best you could yeah. and clean up around
0: it. So is that something <laughs> when you're negotiating the price with the person, you tell them like, look, this is slate. You will need a dumpster. You're not going to be able oh, yeah. to use-
3: Well, you, you already know that in the price, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah
3: your first line is remove and dispose of existing roof, you know, Ah, whatever
0: that entails is what you have to do. So another thing we wanted to bring up, and I want you to tell the story about your brother, but I'll tell you what, man, I've obviously me and Pete, we've done some training and fighting and wrestling and all these things, but roofing, it's one of these things. We have a saying in boxing, right? In boxing is the only way to train for this shit is to do it right? Mm-hmm. You can run 10 miles and do whatever. I don't give a shit. doesn't mean you can last around, round, right? Yep. The same thing for roofing. The only way to train for that shit is to do, do it, it, right? You're hauling <laughs> 90 pound bags of shingles and, and slate. You're carrying the slate up a ladder, down a ladder. You're hucking shingles all over the place. You're carrying tools. You're doing all this stuff and it's in the hot sun. There's no AC. Nope. You know what I mean? So what kind of, how, how are like, at this point, you must've been a lean, mean fighting machine, just doing your thing. Young man doing the roofing, huh? Yeah. Pretty much when I was in my twenties,
3: I was in pretty good shape.
0: Yeah. So where you told me a story, uh, do you want to tell the story about your brother coming home and. (laughs) And he came home from the Marine Corps. Yeah. Camp. Yeah. And
3: he was a lean, mean fighting machine. It was, it was like a metamorphosis. This change. Yeah. And, uh, we were doing my parents' roof. So he was going to help us out. So I said, all right, throw a bundle of shingles on your shoulders and get up on the roof. I said, we need about a square up there, which is three bundles. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I threw a bundle on my shoulders and ran up the ladder. My buddy threw a bundle on his shoulders, ran up the ladder. About five minutes later, we're watching my brother lean mean fighting marine, trying to <laughs> trying to get this bundle of shingles up onto his shoulder and then walk up the ladder. It was it was kind of a riot. It
0: was oh. funny. <laughs> did you? Did that, and I said, it, like
3: you would jima? you know? They sent a bunch of roofers over there, and I've been cleaned up in about three days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah if they had to change if they had to change the roof on the on the beaches of normandy that shit would have been over in an hour Yep. so it's kind of it's kind of self-rewarding to watch that you know is it was he your older brother yeah okay yep. oh my god mr so, bowers
1: here is about like oh we've been in afghanistan for 18 years He's like just send some roofers over there would have been done in one year this is yep. ridiculous <laughs> and yeah and some beer
0: yeah yeah, Bin Laden he would have was, had a, a nice new yeah. room and he would have been dead right underneath it right you know, it, away. It, it, it's what he's that kick
2: his
1: ass. That's man. right. Like, like we wrestled at a pretty high level, you know, so we had oh. gone to like all these liftings and everything. But I swear to god, the, the the most strength I ever gained over one weekend was one weekend where I tore up my parents' carpet in their basement and like replaced it. Oh. and I, I was like I happened to be at the right age, I was like in ninth grade, and I remember like I was. At, when wrestling practice one week, I couldn't beat these kids. I tore up the carpet. Then the next Tuesday I was beating everyone. Like what happened? I was like, I don't know. I just tore up carpet. And all of a sudden I got this super strength after like one weekend.
0: <laughs> Dude, that is a, that is a real thing. That manual labor strength is like, that is real thing. I, uh, I, I, we've spoken about a bar on the show called Grand's Publand land of the free home of the brave. And there's a bunch of Irish guys straight from off the boat from Ireland. These guys are all construction. Do that. They're, you know, they're smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, but these guys are just made out of stone. Just mm-hmm. because they've been doing construction their whole lives. And I, you see a lot of guys like that. How about though for you, Mister Bowers? Did you ever let your brother live it down? Right, like, <laughs> like if that's me, like I beat asshole in a game of air hockey one time, and I tell him almost every day. You know,
3: <laughs> I, I bring it up once in a while.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> you gotta stick it to them, man, and it, and it's the best. They hate it. Oh, it's the best. I got a
3: better one with my even older brother. Oh, got, what happened? He got, huh? Oh, he's you know he's a he was a career college student in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one day he calls me up. I'm just a kid still living at home. You know, I was just getting into home remodeling. And he goes, "Hey, I uh, I got this clock. I need you to hang. Can you come over and hang this clock for me?" I'm like, "Hang on clock? <laughs> nail on the wall." Yeah. Well, maybe it's electric, maybe need something hooked up. I don't know. I'll go over and look at it. Yeah. So I go over and look at it and I go, So where do you want this clock on? He goes, We see where that picture is. And I went, Yeah. He goes, Well, hanging up there. Like, so I walked over, I took the picture off the wall, and then I took the clock and I stuck it on the same hook. And I go, Is that what you wanted? And he says to me, He says, Is that all it took? <laughs> this guy went to college for three years is that all took
0: oh man
1: what the hell
3: do you expect shows up.
1: the older brother has like blueprints out he's like look i know that this wood it's got two the studs over here the pipes are on this side
0: look they said it was plaster of paris we don't know what the chemical compound is but i got a nail looks like it's steel you tell you tell me (laughs) You like chemistry
3: he he wouldn't have put a that boss.
0: much thought into it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those college kids never do. Thinking's not yeah. what college kids do, I'll tell you that. I've met plenty of that hadn't done a thought in their life. Yep. So <laughs> all right. So great. That honestly love a good uh love a good younger brother sticking it to an older <laughs> brother story, because those are the best. Uh, okay, so let's keep it moving though. So you left the the home, you left that remodeling, right? And then you did, uh, then you started to do full, or you went full-time remodeling, right? For myself, yeah. For yourself. And then at the same time, you went back and you were doing the, uh, you you went back to the hardware store part-time. Is that right or no?
3: Yeah, that was after my car accident. I, I I went to the hardware store. Okay.
0: So let's get into this then. So- uh, what year did so you started the business? And I get it's still going to this day, Lansdale Home Improvement, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you started that business with your buddy Dave, and mm. you guys ran it, and it's still around to this day, right?
3: Yeah, we started in 89.
0: 89. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. incredible. So all right. So Jay, you were four when they started the business. I guess we were four, we're the same age. But all right, so you started in 89, and I remember I moved here in 92. Right. And, think, and you, I would see your van all the time. Oh, forget it. You had the vans, everything mm-hmm. going. So the whole thing. So you're doing the remodeling. So can we walk through like the process of how it would be? So say I'm the customer. Right. So I'm the customer. I call up, you know, Lanzo Homer like, hey, I want to redo uh, my kitchen. Right. Would sure. you, was that something you would do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, so you would redo the kitchen or I was going, I need you to redo the kitchen. And you say, OK, I'm going to come over and I'm going to give you an estimate right? Is that how yes. it would go? Okay. Yep. You walk in, what's the first thing you're looking for as soon as you walk in
3: <laughs> the job? <laughs> I'm going to look at the kitchen. Uh, you know, a lot of guys would look and see what the the house was like. Are these people rich Are they poor, oh. but you know, I never did that. I looked at the job, yeah. see what it took my time to do yeah. and how much it would cost. And I bid yeah. it. I'd, it, you know, if you had a Cadillac or a, you know, a, a, a clunker out there, that didn't matter. I'd, yeah. I'd price them up the same.
0: And that's honestly, and I bet that's why your business thriving is still around to today because you gave honest labor. So you're going to this house and you're looking and you're, you know, like you're not going in there saying, oh, is that a Ferrari in the driveway? If this house brand new, whatever you're going in and your thought is I'm here for the job. I'm not here to, you know, screw some people. And we had talked yeah. about this even in the episode today. You as a craftsman have a responsibility to the client of like, this is someone's home that you're working in. You're mm-hmm. not here to screw them. You're not here to make sure they can't make rent. You're here to get paid and do your job, mm-hmm. but you're not here to, you know, you're here to do the right job and do the right thing. And yeah, something- I
3: wasn't the guy that was going to sit there with my proposal and not leave till you signed it. Here's my proposal. Let me know. And I'd leave. Yeah. You have these companies that'll sit there and they'll just, you know, they won't leave your house until you sign. What the, some of these window companies and they really put the pressure on. I didn't put pressure on. Here's my
0: price. If you want it, fine. If not, I'm not your guy. Honestly, too. Honestly, that's the best advertising you could have because mm-hmm. it's an honest yeah. price, right? Because well, in a lot of I- places
1: too, they go through like a song and dance. They like, oh, like we're, we're, we'll beat this thing with a hammer, and then they, after like an hour and a half of them making, they're like, all right, do you want our business down? And you're like, well, I don't really know, <laughs> but you feel like you. You already put an hour and a half through the demonstration. I guess
3: I have to go with you. Like what? Yeah. Well, yeah. most of our job was word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, that's and that's the best,
0: best advertisement you can have. Absolutely. And
3: been working since well eighty nine.
0: Yeah. And look, never never so-
3: been sued. Never got stuck for a check. Never had you know. Very few times had to go back and make a repair on something we did. I'm talking yeah. less than
0: a handful of times. That just speaks to your work ethic and the quality of the work, mm-hmm. you know. And like that, like you're saying, word of mouth. Like if you do my kitchen, you gave me a fair price. The work was exquisite. And we're not course, done till you're happy. Yeah, and you and you and you were in like you were in. You didn't. You weren't hassling me or bullying me for the price. Mm-mm. You just did your thing and left. I'm saying that to Pete. Pete saying that to every, you know, like, and that's yeah. how it's gonna work. And you turn into like you're one of those people I consider like a gotta guy, right? So if Pete says, God, I gotta read you in my kitchen, I don't want to do this, it be like, Oh, I got a guy, I got a guy, and you're the gotta guy. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah,
1: there's, awesome. there's like, yeah, there's like four things that you're always like, oh, you know somebody, I want to know that guy. It's like you're 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 a mechanic, you're an yep. electrician, you're a plumber, and you're a carpenter. Like those mm-hmm. are the four
3: guys, like if you have someone that's good, they isn't no isn't gonna screw you over. Everyone wants to know. Well, we've had we've had people that customers that we've gone back to their house a dozen times doing stuff, you know, different things, you know, we, we yeah. shutters, you know, bathroom, roof, you know, yeah family room how often did you find yourself going to a
1: house to fix somebody else's work where they went with another cheaper contractor or maybe oh, like a, you know, like question. a, uh, yeah, I guess that is, that's what I like. To know.
3: It has happened a few times. Great Not question. I, I, I'm, I
1: used to be a big fan of Adam Crow and he used to do a show called catch a contractor where he would yeah. get the contractors mm-hmm. that were doing the yeah. shady work. And I was like, that, that was fascinating to me. Yeah. So well, they would never catch us
3: because we never screwed up like that. Uh, yeah, but you'd be the guy that they would yes. hire to catch. Like, oh, somebody, yeah. he, this guy screwed us up. He,
1: he hasn't been around in two months and we need this kitchen done. Like that kind of a work, you know. What?
0: So that that's kind of a thing where like, so if I got a guy, I hire him and sign the contract. The contract's kind of like, I wouldn't say ironclad, but it's kind of, it is in a way, right?
1: Well, it's more that you can't get butt from a stone. So it's like, you might sue him, but if he has no money, what are you going to do? So then you just have to oh, find somebody better Jesus. to finish up the work kind of a, a situation. Wow. So Mister, do you have any good stories about like any of those situations where you went in to <laughs> fix up somebody's mess or
3: eh, not really, you know, that's, and you know, sometimes when we did, they didn't
0: tell us was somebody else had screwed it up. Oh no! I've heard stories.
3: I've heard a lot of stories similar to that,
0: but you would, you also like, I'm assuming by like, kind of towards the end of it, you know, even at the beginning, you were able to do like, like you could do, you could do a regular, you know, regular row home house all the way up to a mansion and you could do it all right. Like you knew how to do it all because uh, it's kind of like cars, right? Like different parts and different things, you know, maybe high quality parts go to this place instead of this one. And you were able to go through the whole thing and knock them all out, right?
3: Yeah, we've worked for a wide, diverse, you know, a bunch of people.
1: Yeah.
0: We've
3: worked for uh, McDonald's Corporation,
1: oh, Friendly's.
3: Okay. Uh, uh, the guy that owns Connects. We worked on one of his houses. Oh. Uh, you know, just all
0: kinds of stuff. It's crazy. Man. Also, plus two, like, so let's get into this some more. So I want to, uh, let's talk about this. So you're doing the the home home remodeling right so in the middle and we'll get into this so you started in 89 so things are going well but in the in the cold season like the winter it's kind of work does it work slow down a little bit oh and, yeah mm-hmm. so work slows down a little bit it's in the feast
3: winter. and famine we call yeah. it you know you got so much work you can't deal with it and a second you're looking for your next job yeah and that only really happens when you're first starting up your First five, maybe 10 years. Yeah. And then after that, you just you have a list you'll never get through. You just keep
0: no kidding.
3: Yeah, you, you, you scratch one off and you add one. Oh
1: Jobs. you're hoping for the slow season
3: to get rid of the backlog
1: you're Yeah, like, and just right, we'll catch up. Yeah.
0: So that's but that's honestly that's a blessing. You, you know? get to the point where the business actually runs itself. Oh you know, yeah nice. Yeah. But it's hard work took you to get to that. And like, yeah, not not skimping on the work not living up to your word, not overcharging people, not mm-hmm. having shitty work like that happened because of the hard work that you put into it. And you should be very proud of that. And that's yeah. something that, you know, that you should hang your hat on.
3: Yeah. The guy that owns the business now is a guy I taught coming out of high school. So <laughs> uh, oh, you I, sold the business off. Yeah. Well, pretty much. You know, I, yeah. I, he gave me the money for the tools. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a business like that is basically your next customer. So yeah. it's really, it's not like a. Yeah.
0: But yeah, but it's not like I sold like, the business yeah. millions, you know. Well, you've already established, like, you're establishing a brand. Lansdow Home Improvement at this point, because of your work, is yeah. a brand. And you know, like, people are loyal and so many people have spread the word. That you know, like, it, like when people say that that name, they know it's going to be good work, and he's like able to take over that and keep that name going, which is I mean, yeah, think something like, very great. It's a trademark. And, and yeah, there's yeah. like
3: two dozen customers that we constantly go back to all the time. Oh, constantly. And that's the thing, like, and this
1: this guy was like a protege of yours that you you sold the business
3: to. Yeah, in fact, I actually had him fired one time when I worked at when I worked <laughs> at the other guy. He was he was my <laughs> helper. <laughs> pissed me off so much one time I had him fired. Oh, that's great! And then we had a succession of people to replace him that was just like disasters. So I finally went back to boss. like, Oh man! Did you hire this guy back? I said, you "No, know, he's kind of a you know wise ass and a, and a you know a loud mouth, but at least he could do the work." Yeah. So they hired him back, and then we eventually went out on our own.
0: Man, that's crazy how it works, you know? But I,
3: you know, I, the first the first day he came on the job, he could barely get up on the roof. Yeah. He was like, you know, because he was timid and scared. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, this is going to Okay, suck. As,
1: as somebody that's scared of heights, I understand
3: you know, completely. But he, you know, he, he he figured it out. And he did a good job. And now he's
0: he's really good. Now he's kicking. Now he's the, you know, now now he's he's, the
3: owner and doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's Mm -hmm. the way you can sell off a business like that. Cause I, I, you know, people were probably used to seeing your, your face and hearing your voice, but if it's somebody else like, all right, this is his right hand, man, it's it's taking over the same practice. Then it
3: kind of, well, when we started the business, we were always partners. So it was always the two of us. Hey. Oh, so this was your partner. You just kind of, okay. I get. I taught him when I was working for somebody else. And then we went into business ourselves as partners. Yeah. Good. Then I went to pace.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So <laughs> let's screw re- him over. Well, no, let's get into that though. I don't, you didn't screw him over. You nah. did. You, are you kidding me. And he must've like, when he's got a tough job, He still, would he still call you when it's like something like, like does he call you with questions still about the work or anything? No, nah,
3: like he's not, nah, he knows what he's doing now.
0: Yeah. Nah. But was there a time where he's like, Hey, this thing's going on. Do you know how to handle this or what I would do for this? Like, does that ever happen? Yeah, in the
3: beginning when we first started out, I, you know,
0: yeah. I had to lead the way actually. How many jobs would you say on average? Like say, let's just say it's a, a good year, right? How many jobs did you get in a year? That would be good. Oh, like, it's, it's tough
3: to say. Cause you know, some, some jobs drag out for two, three months. Some jobs you get done in a week yeah, or maybe a day and a half, you know?
0: Yeah. But like so, you were saying like minimum, like 10 jobs a year then. Right? Or more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. But yeah. So you're still, but you're out there doing your thing and Oh, uh, this is one thing I always wondered. So we would have, you know, when I was a kid, like, obviously my parents would get the roof done or something like that. And my mom was always adamant about making them like a lunch or like food. Right. Was mm-hmm. that like, was that incentive? for Like you were going to do a good job before, but say you're like, you had a chance of like, ah oh, all right. Well maybe I didn't have to go to this house today, but she's going to make me lunch. So I'll head over there. You know, like, was that ever. <laughs> no, <was> nobody that- <laughs> ever did that for you. <laughs> No, one ever, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. very <laughs> few people would do that. Yeah, no shit. A couple old ladies would do that, you know. Yeah, that you know, was well, between
1: yeah. the Johnsons and the Rogers, but yeah. the Rogers make cheesesteaks for lunch, so that's them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very
3: few, very rarely did anybody ever give us a tip or anything like that. Yeah. When I was working for somebody else. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
3: In fact, one time I got a tip, and the boss said he wanted it because uh, I used a little bit of his caulk.
2: Oh um <laughs> the old fan. lady
3: goes can you run a beat of cock here for me sonny and i said okay you know i was there I was being customer service you know Sure, yeah so i did that and i got ah, a lady who's nice i ran a little beat of cock for her and she gave me a five-hour tip and he's well let me have it. That was our caulk.
0: <laughs> I, said, I said,
3: screw you. Yeah,
0: yeah, You're like, here's the 11 yeah. cents for the caulk. Shove it. Yeah, you know? I did. I told
3: my screw. She gave me a fine hour tip. I'm keeping it. He yeah, didn't say, d- it.
0: Damn right. So two things I want to talk about first is when you're working in like, you know, remodeling or something like that and say it's an outdoor job. So it's, you know, roofing, siding, whatever. And would you do like sidewalk and concrete stuff as well? I would sub that out.
3: Okay, and I would do maybe a, like a pad replacement, like you know, one section of the sidewalk. Yeah, we would do that. But so any big a, job, I would sub that out to a concrete guy, and
0: because they're like a specialist, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's a uh, uh, a buddy of mine,
1: uh, a good friend. He's uh, he's a project manager, uh, an engineer. And when I lived with him for a little bit in Fishtown, when he bought his house, he had to ha- do a, I guess, what it's called, a wet bed, because his like mm-hmm. it was an industrial building that they turned into residential. And before it was just uneven, he's like, oh, I can do it myself. But he's working with these union guys. Like, look, dude, we'll we'll charge you this much because you're the project manager. Don't do it yourself. After two days, I'm like, man, Eric, thank God you did not do that yourself because <laughs> mm-hmm. it took like three union yeah. guys, like two full days. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it's done staff. right then. Yep.
0: Yeah. Damn. So I know I know. Uh, asshole just got his portrait done and he had cement guys come in for that. I think cement and concrete. I don't know. There's I don't know what the difference is, but they told me and I forget. Whatever. I did so, learn
3: this recently. Concrete like, has aggregate rocks? in it, cement doesn't. What does what it have aggregate is rocks. So oh, okay. Cement has rocks. aggregate yeah. in mean, it.
0: Uh, oh, concrete, concrete has
3: aggregate does And cement doesn't. Cement doesn't,
0: Okay. Know. So uh, when I walk down the sidewalk and I see like the sidewalk that has the stones in it, that's concrete. It's all so- concrete. Okay.
1: And you then, don't see the stones,
3: but it's still concrete.
0: Oh, I see it's still concrete. Now yeah. cement
3: is what you add to the aggregate to make the concrete. Oh, I see. All right. That's one of
1: those things like oh concrete cement, but not all cement's concrete or one of those. I see.
0: Yeah. All right. So cement is like the base. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. I got it. Nice. All right, perfect. So, interestingly,
1: on the concrete thing, I, like, so Warren are in Maniunk, and my wife's like, she like, we all like the history and looking up old architecture, yeah. and we found all these old advertisements from the early 1900s were like, get rid of that crappy marble stairs and put in concrete. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because now I'm like, what did what <laughs> that was a new technology, and I'm like, yep. how many people wish they still had the the, oh. the marble and granite slates. <laughs>
3: oh, well, man. on the Titanic, they had a new yeah. marble building material that they built the steps out of was okay. lino- linoleum uh, linoleum they thought it was like <laughs> this magnificent product
1: was <laughs> yeah we so, won't need tile anymore we have linoleum it's going to replace all tiles but it was
0: high tech back in 1912 yeah. you know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so wait so wait they they're going on to the titanic they're like this is the biggest boat ever built. It's got all this. It's got all that. And then look at these stairs. Linoleum. That's fucking. Lit. Queen Elizabeth
1: Inolium. II's got straight up tiles like peasants. We got this <laughs> stuff from America. It's gonna be a game changer. Yeah, it
0: was high tech. Yeah. Did you see those noodles over there? Jesus, tile. Come on. Get a clue. Linoleum. Way of the future. Next, they're gonna have wooden floors. yeah so all right nice so i do want to so okay so you're working outside you're doing roofing or shingles or whatever what happens when it rains if you see like were you checking the weather on the jobs and if you had
3: to you had to check the day before too just in case you got a roof exposed
0: yeah oh yeah you yeah. you
3: had to make sure it was covered up temporarily with you know felt paper
0: How would you, so how would you cover the roof? So let's, so for, you know, dudes like me and Pete, so let's say you go there, first things first, you rip up the old shingling, right? So that just Mm -hmm. exposes the wood underneath the shingling, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the base of the roof, right? Yeah. So then when you see the wood under there, there's obviously cracks or something like that, or the wood can be damaged by rain. Mm -hmm. So what do you do to, how do you cover that
3: to prevent? Okay, what you do is you do any of the rot repair. Repair any of the wood rot. Okay, and then if you you know you don't have a chance to shingle it yet, and it's going overnight, you would take tar paper or Uh what they call felt paper, Uh and waterproof the roof as best you can for overnight with this felt paper. Okay, and what you got to remember is water goes downhill and has to shed off the next piece. You have can't have anything trapping water inside. So if you just remember, water runs downhill and has to flow over top of things. You can waterproof it pretty well, you know.
0: And you can kind of build like a ramp to kind of shoot the i shoot I the
3: water around. Yeah, get it around, like divert it around the chimney temporarily.
0: I see. Yeah. So,
3: all right, very so, cool. And every time you had a roof ripped off that night, it freaking poured. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you could never sleep, and you're always, hey, did I waterproof it good enough? And, you <laughs> always did
0: yeah if you didn't though you would be responsible for, for the, the repairs coverage. inside you yeah, so, know like yeah. oh man could you imagine so damn so that's pretty cool though but like there is also the thought of like like maybe you've done like dude you're saying I'm, it's the it's the middle of summer we're talking the dead heat in july and you're going 17 days straight working non-stop jobs right <laughs> And you're like, oh, it's calling for rain tomorrow. Oh, please let it rain. You see that rain and you're like, all right, day off finally. <laughs> yep. Right? Is that kind of how it would go? Yeah, unless
3: the boss called you and said we had something inside for you. And that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, know yes. I mean, sometimes room. you would really revere the you'd, you'd like the the rain days just for a day off yeah it's
1: like oh, actually uh we know it's raining but uh the basement needs to get finished they obviously have no windows or ac uh so this one's gonna be a two-day. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so you're just gonna be sitting in a sauna all day breathing in concrete yeah that be fun i can't imagine too so is it when, when it's your the the busy season are you're literally trying to work almost every day then right pretty like, much yeah Cause you're like, I need like we're getting as much as we can until the slow season kicks. Is there ever you doing two jobs in one day? Is that? Oh, a...
3: sometimes you go to three or four. Oh, like if, if you're doing a, like a, a bathroom repair. Yeah. You, you do the drywall and you have to skim it with drywall. I mean with a spackle. Yeah. Well, that's wet. You got to wait for the next day to to continue so you'd hit that and you go to the next job do something there go to the
1: next oh, job wow
0: there's a lot
3: of time management like yeah. i can't only yeah. do this so i have to yeah you're,
1: you're so, staging yeah, like, everything
0: yeah you have to wait for something to dry yeah. or when the next day
3: you go back and maybe you sanded hit again and it's still wet, you gotta leave and come back
0: and oh man so that hey that's pretty cool though uh yeah. one uh, you know since I am uh, almost a man, I did one time uh, caulk a bathtub, just saying. Attaboy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, learned a trick, apparently. So the bathtub, it was like one of the liner ones. You know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like almost acrylic. like, yeah, exactly. So what had happened was, is that when the caulk was put on it originally, there was no water in it. So eventually over the years the water in it kind of made a little space underneath where the faucet was and some water would get under there causing water to go to the floor downstairs. So Yeah, exactly. So what, uh, what your boy, old uncle Maddie did was I filled the tub up with some water and then I caught that son of a bitch and made it airtight. What sort a of man fucking does! they had a crack the beer after that. That was a nice fucking, one. Yeah, hard hard hours work there, pal.
1: My my upcoming project is I have to uh, clean, uh, sand, and stain our deck. So if uh, I get a if Jay gets a call from me crying in the next week or two, uh, <laughs> don't judge.
0: <laughs> so uh, at this time, right, you're living on Sixth Street. I'm there. You know the whole crew's hanging out doing our thing. And I've talked about this on Jay's episode and I must think like my wife can't do this. So I can only imagine how Mrs. Bowers and then Jay's wife must love the fact that they can walk into any room in their house and say, you know what? Maybe let's just redo the bathroom, put up some ship lab and maybe get whatever (laughs) kind of whatever's in here. And you're just I'm like, gonna make
1: sure my wife doesn't hear this podcast so she doesn't expect these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But like the fact that you and Jay, like your your wife, Mr. Bowers, legit said, Hey, uh, let's just put a whole second house on the back of our house. What do you think? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and you put you and so you built an addition onto the back of your existing house that included a TV room, a kitchen skylights plank and beam ceiling a basement and a half bath right mm-hmm. so you built all of that onto <clears> the back <throat> of your house because i remember when we were kids because you started building it i guess we were second grade ish right jay maybe eight or nine somewhere around there.
4: remember <laughs> yeah
0: and i but i remember we would go over and play in like the structure like we would jump out of like you know the window that was like the first floor like you know just kids being stupid and like we were would-
4: uh was a like box still lost a uh he lost a boot in the mud
1: <laughs> so i had brought this up is this up- where womp was born
0: or no no uh, no nah, that was forced yeah park. that was born at the park but no still alive by the way still alive and kicking but we so we no i brought this up on the pre-show i said alan so you know what are the boots where like the their bottom of rubber and the lace up the top i forget what the hell they're called But Bach, so around the basement, they had to dig out a big thing for the basement and then concrete the basement. So like maybe like three feet of dirt around the around the circumference was like almost like quicksand, right? Mm -hmm. And we were like kids jumping in and playing and throwing mud and being idiots, you know, obviously, right? And for somehow, freaking Bach got his shoes caught, right? And then they rip him out, and he lost his shoes in the mud, and you couldn't find them, <laughs> right? And Bucky just ran home with no shoes. He lost his shoes.
3: They got to so, still be in the ground.
0: Yeah. I, I never made, found one. Yeah, they are made around. we dug around
4: looking for them everywhere.
3: Yeah. <laughs> in, like,
1: 70 years, they're going to knock the house on they like, did they bury a kid in their basement? <laughs> like, what was going on here?
0: <laughs> oh, that's the best. But, okay, so either way. Like I was saying, Mr. Bowers was able to build the structure, put in the concrete, make like the the piping, the electricity, the siding, the shingles, the everything on the inside. And we spent years and so many sleepovers and just hanging out in that room. And he was able to build that for his family. I can only imagine like how much he the honor he got and like how great of a feeling was to be able to provide that for your family. But then also your wife. Much well, just been like this is incredible, you know. Like I married the, yeah, the end of the year, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it was, <laughs> obviously, it was never good enough, you know. <laughs> there's, there's still like, you know, it could have been bigger, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she ever did that. No, she never did that. She's the best. Shout out, Miss Bowers. Love Miss Bowers. Great lady. Can't wait to have her on the show. Uh, but then he built the the back the the addition, and then the year later built a deck that went against it a beautiful deck stairs that you could fit a grill and picnic tables and all that fun stuff Mm -hmm. on there he was able to build that for his whole family and it's unbelievable skill to have and it's honestly you know i'm very envious i know pete's probably the same way very envious of being able to have that skill and that ability and it's not just honestly too and we talked about this it does take some artistic creativity and ability to be able to do that like yeah, you're not painting a sculpture, but you're building, like, that addition is, like, almost artwork, you know, it's it comes out of thin air, right, and it's, you, you had this vision in your head that you were able to bring to life, and I know you said it best, you're not an artist, you're a craftsman, right, and I agree with that, but I've seen, and I've, you know, I've been in that structure, it was phenomenal, it's, like, could you, right now, I know I couldn't, If you gave me all the tools in the world, I don't think I could build a structure that could survive a storm. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I I got a good story about that. Oh, all right. My buddy and I,
3: we built a big addition for some friends of ours up in Douglasville. And they were having a really nasty storm go through their development the time we were building that addition. They said they ran out of their house into the addition because the wind was so strong they thought their house was going to blow down. <laughs> they ran into the addition we built cuz it was it was solid plywood Oh, it was like yeah. a rock. Yeah. So they said they they ran into the addition cuz they thought their house the rest of their house was going to blow down.
0: <laughs> Jesus, could you imagine living in a house like, oh man, I got this nice house here, but uh oh, Jesus, it's you know like the fact that, I mean, that just shows, once again, to the quality of your work that people are like, ah, a tornado? Fuck the tornado. We're going to go in the addition. We'll be all right. Screw this it's a, Mr. Bowers,
1: me and my wife, when we first uh, moved in together, we got an apartment in Fishtown right at front in Gerard. And this was like, you know, it, it, there's a big uh, housing boom going on there where they're building new houses. And there was an apartment building being built across the street. And it was to the point where they were starting to, like, they were shingling and, and painting. The windows were in. A storm comes through. It knocks it down. And I'm like, oh, my God, this four five story apartment building just got knocked down. And like, well, it wasn't finished yet. I'm like, was it wh- what were they doing? Do, Weight bearing paint was going on in this thing. Like you had the windows and doors in nothing you were going to do was going to keep this thing upright. But I was just there's no a part of the construction like, oh.
3: that it should have blown down at any point.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm like, you can't convince me that like, oh, no, it wasn't <laughs> finished yet. <laughs> I see windows on the fourth floor. I know it's finished.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's unbelievable. I could, yeah. I dude, seeing. I mean, you know, being. But that's a thing too. Like being able to build a structure that can withstand like nature's biggest fucking shit. You know, like forget it. The main reason we build
3: them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The the, the key there is just plywood. Plywood, Plywood? really? Plywood, not the foam. They use that foam insulation for shielding. Yeah, right, right.
1: he's plywood.
0: Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's I what heard... I see
1: all the new construction techniques here, yeah, where they have the foam building blocks and all yeah. that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I trust this. I don't. <laughs> that's why my house is from 1900. That's where I got my house built. In yeah. 1900. I'm like, heres They know sto- what they were doing.
0: Same. Mine's stone, concrete, stone, mm-hmm. and brick, baby. Freaking bring on Hurricane Sandy and freaking El Nino, whatever. This shit ain't going anywhere. But I would say, but no, that's a good point because I remember in our neighborhood, they knocked down like a bunch of trees and stuff and they built these developments and these developments, you know, big, beautiful homes. But like you're saying, they're made out of freaking foam. Yeah, they're made of craft. Like, if something big comes in, they're wiped the hell out. I don't care if they're a $400,000 home. It yep. ain't lasting, you know? Nope. Like, you think you would pay for something that would last, but no. Like, I mean, I don't know. To me, like, there's no, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've held plenty, plenty of coolers, but I don't think any of them could survive a freaking tornado, <laughs> you know? Yeah. but So I don't
1: know. want to defame anybody, but would you say that the buildings built by Mothers are pretty crappy, or are they good? I never heard of them.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're probably no good. Yeah. Oh my god, Olte, others gray.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. actually, no, they're
1: VP attacks, so I can't say too much. Oh my god,
0: so all right, so all right, let's keep it moving so we don't incriminate ourselves. Uh, so all right. <laughs> So I want to talk about this. So th- you're, you were at one point working three jobs. Now, like you're you're you have two sons at this point, you have a home, everything like that. And we're all you know, you're living on Sixth Street doing your thing. You put the addition on the home. You got the you got the back porch, I believe, or it might be coming soon, either way. But in the busy season, you're doing the, you're you're doing your business, land sale home improvements going good. Then in the light season, you started working at this place called Pace Supply Sales, right? Pace Supply, yeah, building supplies. Okay, so Pace Supply. And what kind of stuff did they have at Pace Supply? Like, what kind of things were you doing?
3: Well, I was was purchasing there for years, uh, since like 77. Uh, Roofing, siding, you know, that kind of material, you know, plywood, felt. So kind of
0: just like, kind of like the remodeling material. So yeah. like you had a relationship with these guys because of your business. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they knew, you knew the, you knew the business inside and out and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Did they contact you for the job or did you ask them? Yeah.
3: buddy of mine was the manager at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, he gave me a call and goes, oh, I know you I know You got a home improvement business, but would you think about coming here and working to counter sales? And, you know, it was feast or famine back then you know you had yeah. plenty of work or you didn't have anything or you had yeah. bad weather yeah Yeah. You two young kids
2: yeah
3: house you know the whole bit. of so, you know what i'll take a steady job with a salary yeah uh, Sure. so i did that for about six months then i had that car accident working for them
0: all right fans time for a break in the action bringing you back one of our new segments this is give it a shot with our good friend bob quinn If you're sick of wasting time surfing on streaming services, finding nothing then going to another streaming service and doing the same damn thing, then you need to start giving shit a shot. On this new segment, Give It a Shot with Bob Quinn, Bob will give us some suggestions on what to watch so you stop wasting time surfing and start enjoying those subscriptions at your ceiling. Bob, give us a shot. If you're looking for something good to watch, check out King of Staten Island on HBO. This isn't your standard Judd Apatow movie. Pete Davidson, Bill Burr, Marissa Tomei, and Maud Apatow
1: coming at you with a runtime of about two hours and 18 minutes. What I'm saying is give it a shot.
0: All right. That was give it a shot with our good friend, Bob Quinn. Now back to the show. So, yeah, yeah. So let's get into that. So we talked about it before, and it is something I want to bring up. Um, so I remember this and it was like, a, it, it hit the, it really was a thing that infected like our whole neighborhood really, you know, cause like we all were over your house all the time. And like our dads knew each other, like you, you know, you knew my dad and Alan's dad and you know, everything like that. And so what had happened was you're working at the pay supply. Now you had told me this when we talked that when you're working at pay supply, you were still getting the itch. Like you yeah. didn't, you didn't want to be behind the counter. You're a guy, you want to be out there. You want to be doing the jobs. You want to be with the guys. Yep. You want to be on the roof. You want to be doing whatever. Right. So you're at pay supply and you're getting antsy and you're used to these hustle days outside, like building things. Like mm-hmm. the kind you must. like, I can only imagine the kind of feeling you must get feeling of accomplishment when you start a job and you finish it and it looks great and it's done correct. And like the, the feeling you must get for doing that, it, it can't be matched. And yeah. so you're used to that feeling, you know, almost daily and you're doing all these great jobs and, and, and there's a lot of honor in your work, you know, you're building homes for people to live and support their families and do all that stuff. And now you're relegated to like, at the time you're kind Shuffling of, papers. yeah, exactly. And you're, In your mind, you're like, I just, this is, you know, you know, like, this isn't for me. I want to be out there. I want to be where the action is. So you're at work one day, right? And they say, hey, we need to make a delivery, right?
3: Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. So, and you told me, what was the deal with the the owner's car? What was the deal? We had
3: an old LTD station wagon that wasn't running too good. (laughs) Yeah. They they had just got it fixed. Okay. They go, take take the car. We'll see how it's running. But okay. I would usually take my van for deliveries like that because I'm mean, used to it. You know, it was easier.
0: And it was your kind of car. And so you're yeah. so, you, so the guy so the owner's like, hey, I just got this thing fixed up. Go take it for a spin. So they fill up the supplies in the back of the station wagon. You're out taking you're you're in the delivery, station wagon, yeah. doing the delivery. And then what happened
3: on the way back? I'm coming down Allentown Road. Uh-huh. Some guy fell asleep. Oh, drifted over my lane and hit me head on oh,
0: oh lord yeah it was
3: like nine o'clock in the morning
0: oh, and allentown road your 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 wife mrs bowers was working at her job at the same time on, on, allentown, Allen, road. on allentown road at the old yeah. lehigh valley dairy yep. and your sons both jay and david are in school at the time there's mm-hmm. no cell phones or anything like that no so what kind do you remember the kind of car that the guy that hit you was driving
3: he had like an El Camino
0: station oh. wagon, like pickup truck.
3: Yeah. So it was almost like an equal duel. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah. But one yeah. guy knew and one guy didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you're, you're in the car, you're in the station wagon um, and the guy drifts over and he hits you head on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's two things you told me that were, it's almost miraculous. Like it, I feel like these kind of things are a fixed point in time, you know, like, I feel like this accident would have happened regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Had you had your van and not the station wagon, what would have happened?
3: They'd probably have been killed.
0: And the reason was is because the engine block in the station wagon, kind of, it, it crushed you, but if. It absorbed the,
3: most of the impact, yeah.
0: And if the, you're in the van, the car just. There was right nothing
3: there, you. yeah. The, the, the engine block was sitting right next to me. Jesus. So there would have nothing to block that. Oh,
0: Jesus!
3: So I looked out. I was pretty lucky.
0: And then the second thing you told me is what happened right before the car hit you?
3: Well, the minute I saw, I mean, it happened within a split second. Yeah. yeah. But the minute I saw the car tap the front, of it was like a, you know, like a, it was like a click. It wasn't a smash. It sounded like a click. Yeah. I said, shit. Yeah. That fast. Yeah. And because I said this, you know, I said shit. My air was leaving my lungs. If I had held my breath and hit the wheel, she said I would have punctured my lungs. Jesus Jesus! Christ. So just just saying the
0: word shit saved <laughs> a lot of trauma. Yeah, so cursing wasn't really frowned upon yeah. after yeah, that. So when you hate all the your...
1: times my mom and dad told me to mind my P's and Q's. They saved
0: your life. <laughs> Not yep. about it. So. Jesus Christ. So I was man.
1: lucky
3: to say that. And yeah. actually, I was holding on to the wheel so tight. The force of the impact, I kind of
0: bent the wheel back. Jesus. Holden. Oh my God. So you're like just be like you're holding on it so tight that it hit you. You go back and you're just your your adrenaline's going and the strength you pull you pull a freaking steering wheel. Jesus. So the car hits you, you're there, and you're trapped. Yeah. This car hit you head on and they had it, to cut it, me out. Yeah. Oh God. Were you cool. still awake when they cut you out? On and off. On I and remember, off. I
3: remember yelling at the the rescue guys. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I remember a lady. How crazy coming is that up, for our society and you know? culture? Where like you're first,
1: I didn't do it. Like you're
3: dying. You're like no, I didn't do it. Like
1: yeah,
2: yeah.
3: And I remember a lady coming out and looking in the car, and I said, "Can you call my boss and tell him I'll be late getting back to work?" <laughs> oh my gosh! And that's exactly what she told him.
0: Oh my God.
3: (laughs) Your employee was in a car accident. He's going to be a little late getting back to work. She didn't say there was a helicopter landed to take him to the hospital.
0: Oh, golly. Damn. That's a, I'll tell you what that, I mean, it's a shame to think like right now had that happen, that it's on video on someone's cell phone, being on Facebook for your kids to see without them knowing. And then also, that, you know, the person that's you isn't telling like, oh, you know, let my boss know, right? Like, you know, like, they're <laughs> probably like, I'm gonna call my lawyer and all this happy horse shit, whatever. But so then, this is a so- very
1: northeast blue collar Catholic guilt. Just like I got hit by another car, and right away it's like it's not my fault. And tell my boss I'll be there when I can be there. Like <laughs> first thoughts. I'm still not get the me to the hospital. Right God, yeah. Like tell my kids I'm all right. It's uh yeah. I can do it. And uh, tell my boss don't doctor pay.
3: Well, yeah. it, the funny thing is when they, I was, you know, they they the helicopter landed. They wheeled me out, and my boss, the owner of the company, was there. Yeah. And my wife had gotten there. Uh, But then when they wheeled me out, I I met all these people right after the accident. I looked at my boss and I go, hey, dad, I wrecked the car. (laughs) Then I looked at my manager that gave me the job and I said, yo, John, I quit. This desk job's going to kill me. (laughs) So I'm I'm cracking jokes. They're wheeling me out of the trauma room. And I was cracking jokes to these guys. I didn't know what else to do, you know? Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious.
0: <laughs> you just, you were delivering. <laughs> you got in a head-on car accident. You were delivering. The manager's there. You're like, look, pal, this job's freaking murdering me. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, well, just, you know, it shows like, that, and that's the kind of attitude you, you really kind of needed. And honestly, too, I know, I know Mrs. Bowers was, obviously this is very traumatic for her and things like that, but, you kind of having that kind of courage and mentality. I bet really, you, like in your back of your mind, you might not have thought it, but I know your conscious. Like this will help, you know. This will help settle my wife. I think, yeah, it helps I'm cracking a couple jokes, so she knows I'm with it and I'm okay, and that we're gonna be okay. So yeah. I want to move on. Like let's keep. I want to keep talking about this, but I want to go kind of in a different direction. So. You're the, the car accident happens, and then you're in the hospital. What was the recovery like in the hospital?
3: Uh, it was pretty tough. Uh, yeah, I was right before Christmas, Gosh. uh, it was like three weeks before Christmas. Oh, my God. and the only reason I was able to get home before Christmas because I was able to show them that I could operate the wheelchair,
0: yeah,
3: get in and out of the wheelchair, do the you know the bathroom myself, and all that yeah. crap. Yeah, so they discharged me a little early. Nice. Uh, but it was a tough recovery. It took about six months.
0: Yeah. I remember. I And, and it's, and that's, hours wasn't going to build those Christmas toys herself. So he had to get back. <laughs> <in time. laughs> well, I do want to bring this up too. So you do get back and you're at the house and you're laid up, you know, like this is tough. It's like, so for, for those, and I just, and I'm doing it from almost an outsider's point of view from seeing it, but I don't know the exact terms. What had happened was is that they kind of clipped you at the knees and they bent your knees the other way and kind of shattered
3: everything. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. So they had to put your knees back the right way so you Mm -hmm. weren't a flamingo. And (laughs) then they stitched those son of a bitches up and your legs looked like they had elephantitis. You know, like they were so swollen. Oh, my God. So one of the things I do want to say is that you come back and, and obviously, you know, me and Jay are buddying around and all the boys are hanging out and we're doing the neighborhood thing. And and we come, you know, we all swing over to go to Jay's and, and he's like, hey, my dad's home and stuff. And we go into the, the addition because you were in the addition and you're sitting in your chair. You're kind of trying to stay comfortable, which is almost impossible at this point with what happened. And you're there and you have like a kind of a blanket. and You're like, Hey boys, boys, come over here. Right. And we're like, Hey, what, Mr. Bowers, how are you? Good. You know, like all that stuff. And you're like, take a look at this. You move the blanket and we see your legs and we're like <laughs> 10 year old, 11 year old kids. And we're just like, Holy. <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> like, cause what you want to add over 30 stitches on each leg, right? Like how pretty many much, moves? Yeah. Oh my God! So it was pretty much from the middle of your calf all the way up to the middle of your thigh was mm-hmm. one big kind of cut that they had stitched together, and the legs were just kind of just do you know like they're pieced back together with mess, yeah, yeah, all kinds of staples, smush. yeah, staples. Oh my God, yeah. the staples and it like you know it's a it's a gruesome wound. Even though this was a couple of weeks after it had happened, it was still pretty gruesome. So. I do want to bring this up, and Jay, if you're okay to speak about it, uh, when did, where were you when you found out about the accident?
4: I was, we used to go after school to the YMCA. Yep. Like, they, the YMCA would drop us off at elementary and pick us up after. Yeah. Um, so, like, I remember distinctly being at the YMCA yeah. and my Uncle Bob walking in, because uh-huh. he was a Abington police officer. He was a sergeant in Abington. Is this the Marine or no? This is uh my mom's sister's husband. gotcha gotcha sorry mom's sister's husband okay um so I remember looking over and I you know police officer in full uniform walking in I'm like Uncle Bob's here (laughs) yeah so he picked us up um and we went to stay at their house I remember like yeah we're in the in the car with them and he was just like yeah um, your dad was in a car accident at work, got a little banged up. Um, your mom's with him now. So in my mind, I was like, oh, all right. So I get to hang out with my cousins for work. He's like, You're gonna stay, you're gonna stay with us because your dad got a little banged up. And I'm like, all right. So it was like it was school night. Yeah, it was the middle of the week. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, so I get to miss school, hang out with Brian and Kevin and yeah. all that. Yeah. And I'm
0: like, and I'm like, all right. You went to Orland, right? Is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We stayed at Yeah, Miami. yeah, yeah. Their, yeah their I remember Orland. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were great. They had the, the pool in the backyard, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you're kind of like, all right, no school tomorrow, partying with my cousins. Like, this is going to be great. Yeah. You know? He's
1: like, I should have cut the brake lines years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this was going to be the result.
0: It, yeah, it
4: wasn't until <sighs> um, I don't remember how many days had passed before my mom brought us to pen to see him. Yeah. But yeah, it
0: was, oh, uh, they flew you down the pen, Mr. Bowers. Yeah.
4: Joy, Joy. They're
0: lifting Jesus Christ. All right. So Jay, sorry. You're, so your mom took you down to pen, you and your younger brother, David. So it's you, your younger brother, Dave, and your mom, and you're heading down to pen. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah.
4: So like, and that was, that was really the first time, like, yeah, my mom had stopped and talked to us and, um, you know, gave us more details than just, he's a little banged up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a tough combo. as a parent. Now, Jay, that's gotta be like, even thinking about that as your mom, I mean, hats off to her, but that's a tough combo to have.
4: Yeah. And I, it's actually funny that I forget why it was like maybe two weeks ago. I actually think it was listening to the podcast. Um, I, I forget why it happened, but I started thinking about the timeline. Yeah. And I realized that, like, Dad, you were, what, two years older than I am right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like basically the same age that I am oh, right now oh. when that happened. Yeah. So that's like, you know, that kind of makes it. Yeah. Sticks in your craw. You kind of reflect back and like, Jesus. Because, like, in my mind, it was always.
0: You were a kid. You know, I'm an old guy. old dad. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he's a, he so, was
3: old. In our dad. minds,
1: like dads have been the same age since we were like ten. Like dad stopped aging after Like all right, my dad's uh, forty, and he's always yeah. he'll always be forty. Yeah, I was thirty eight. Jesus, yeah. that's
0: two. The, 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 like we're all thirty six. Well, Jay, yeah, yeah, Jay will be thirty six in June, mm-hmm. but yep. that's two years older than all of us. Golly, right? Golly. So okay, so and and Jay, I you know if this if you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to, but you go down and I remember the first time seeing my dad in a hospital and it is kind of jarring. Do you remember what it was like going down with your mom and, and David to, to Penn and, and how you and like, how it affected you or anything like that?
4: I don't remember. I honestly remember more of like that, like my uncle Bob picking me up. Cause it was such a change in yeah. routine. It was such a weird thing that happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah you know, for my uncle Bob to show up and pick me up. So like, I remember that distinctly, like, I remember going to the hospital, but I don't like, there's been different times throughout the years yeah. where it's like, it, it, you know, hit me at different times yeah, with things. Same. But at the time, you know, kind of like, um like we had talked earlier, you know, it was always like, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to be bounced back. Yeah. Like doctors are working on him. You know, everything's going to be fine. Yeah.
0: yeah. As a kid, you yeah, have that reassurance. Did. Yeah. Yeah, it did really, uh, didn't really didn't really yeah, it didn't really hit right. Yeah. But Mr. Bowers, for you, when you're going through that, that is like legit. Your legs were taken out from under you mm-hmm. legit. Yeah, And you're in the hospital and there's a lot of times your your wife is there for support. But it's not like you can, you know, like you're do, like there's a lot of downtime by yourself and you're reflecting. For mm-hmm. you, what did that do for you to have the boys coming up to see you at the hospital when you're going through this? Like that oh, would have been
3: that was great. Yeah, you know, when you're sitting there and you're you know moping and you're you know feeling bad about yourself, and then all of a sudden you little you know here come the kids. You know, it yeah. just, just good makes you forget about all your problems.
0: Yeah, and it gives you like this is what you're fighting for. This you is, yeah, yeah, your motivation comes right back. That's beautiful. Yeah, you, you know. That's awesome. And, and like, and like, that's kind of the power of family. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you having that is, is what kind of like gave you the strength and motivation because not only did you have to do like you, you had to, you had to heal, but you had recovery because mm-hmm. you had to kind of learn to walk again. Yeah. You know? absolutely. Like, oh God. I mean, I, I know it's gruesome for all the listeners out there, but the, you know, imagine a car going right into your knees, you know, like mm-hmm. that's just what happened. So either way um, one thing I did want to touch on Jay and you know we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to but uh, when like I talked about earlier in the show uh, I talked about my dad getting sick and when my dad got sick it is a realization that he he's a superhero you know like when you're when you're that age you know your dad is your your hero he's a superhero he's indestructible right and you're able to and then the realization of you know, no one's indestructible kind of comes at you at a young age. And I remember it took me a while to deal with it. And I know my older brother asshole had the same kind of thing where I remember when my dad got sick, I used to think of like, now I know he's going to die one day and I'm going to, you know, like I, and I started coming to the realization that my dad's going to die one day at a very young age well, not very young, you know, I was nine, but like knowing like he's going to be dead and it and it could be, you know, at any time kind of thing. Did you ever have any kind of those type of feelings or kind of a realization or anything like that? Or you were more like you're saying, I was reassured that doctors are going to take care of him and he's going to be fine and he's going to do good. And I know he's going to be back and I know he's going to be strong and, and he's going to be okay. What were, do you recall like what your thoughts were at that time and things like that? And seeing your dad, like, your dad was obviously in pain and it's so tough what he had to go through. And, and like seeing the mental fortitude for him to be able to go through that and you having to witness it, do you kind of recall anything like that? Uh, yeah.
4: I mean, like I said, at the time it was, uh, like it didn't, wasn't really, you know, it hit me as, as it did later. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I can remember times later on down the road thinking like we, said earlier about the van Yeah. and like, that's when things like, <sighs> You know, it really hits you because you're like, well, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's, you know, if the the car wasn't working. Yeah. And he took the van. Yeah. You know, um, like, I still, like, I remember the guy's name that hit him. Jesus. Cause, like, I've held, you know, there's, there's times, right? You think about, yeah. You know, when you're growing up, you're like, what would you do to that? Find son this of guy. Bitch. Yeah. I'm going to oh, find you're, this guy. And, you know, yeah, I'm going to take a baseball bat to his Yeah. You, so you did this feel. to my
0: fucking dad. Now I get, I'm going to yeah. do the, what you did to him. Yeah. For sure. that revenge absolutely man i couldn't yeah jesus i didn't even think of that but that's totally i never thought of that either yeah (laughs) but hey that means that just feels like you know he's your son and he loves you and and that's kind of like i know you know i know we're a bunch of fucking guys on here and talking about the feelings it's fucking you know we're being a bunch of fucking stews but truly that's like that is the job of a son you know what i mean and like in my mind i would have done the same thing where it's like i'm gonna find this guy i'm gonna fucking Man. kill him for what he did and he could have that's, done it uh, my family. That,
1: that's actually where the sign's gonna end up jay's gonna be like 40 years later and he didn't kill me son of a bitch and here's the sign to prove it <laughs> right in your yard
0: yeah, yeah, yeah! I got a fucking sign for you right in your car, you <laughs> son of a bitch. All right, so let's move it on to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> that was some heavy stuff, you know. Like you said, just another flavor of ice cream, like we like to do on the show. But um, a fucking, uh, you, you know, that like I said, we're gonna guys... lighten it
1: up with. When did your grandparents pass away? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You motherfucker! (laughs) But first uh, time you've been cheated on. Yeah. So (laughs)
1: let
0: me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So well, for these two, would be never. So yeah, lucky (laughs) bastards. Uh, But uh, so either way, so let's keep it moving. Um, I so you had you done your let's say you're getting through the hospital, you get through the rehab. And right away, you're you're how long after the accident were you back to work? And this is remember, you had to learn for those listening, he had to learn to walk again. So how long, Mr. Bowers, from the accident were you back to work?
3: So the accident happened in December. I think I was back in May.
0: Early May. What seven months? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That just goes to what we were saying earlier. It's like you're not waiting around, you know. That was kind of like the thing before where it's like you didn't want to stand behind a desk. You needed to go out and do something. You yeah. Know? Like you're not, you're not, you're not <clears throat> happy with sitting around playing video games for eight hours a day. Like you're, you're out, you know. So, what was the first job you got when you uh, when you came back? What was the first job?
3: I actually went back to pace. Okay. Well, no, I I, I did work at the hardware store while I, I was recovering.
0: Okay. So, but after
3: that, I went back to Pace.
0: So uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, we brought it up in Jay's episode. There's a hardware store uh, in Lansdale called Wilson's Hardware. So uh, because Jay's dad obviously was, you know, he was remodeling and doing all these stuff. He, he, you know, he knew the guys at the hardware store pretty good. So he was able to get a quick gig there. Uh, if you guys remember in Jay's episode, I told the story. Where Jay's dad was able to put two bags of salt out and hold him straight out with one hand, and while carrying two more on his shoulder, after fricking <laughs> repairing his knees and carrying. So yeah, think about that. He got his <laughs> knees blown off by a car, and then he's back in May. And then a couple months later, he's hauling freaking bags of salt into the store. No problem. So freaking Well, considering
1: he uh, bent the steering wheel, I'm not surprised he was able to uh, <laughs> hold the two bags of salt with one hand. And Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> yeah. So he's the, so you're back at work and you're working at Wilson's. Did you get Jay a job at this time back at Wilson's or no?
3: Uh, kind of. He got the job on his own. But, you know, he, he me knowing he... the boss didn't help, I'm sure did yeah, help. Yeah.
0: But he was able to go in and say, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Bowers, son. And obviously, you know, he knew you had a relationship and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And Jay, well, I mean, just shows to, you know, not even like you, but your son, like Jay, how long were you at Wilson's? Uh, about 10 years, 10 years, you know? So it just shows like the quality of like, you know, not even like your quality of your work, but also like your son was able to, like, you know, you're able to pass on the hard work ethic to the son, which is great. You Jay know?
1: walked in. He said, I'm half the age and I have doubled the knees. <laughs> <Tire me."> <laughs> <laughs> <You
2: motherfucker. laughs>
0: That's pretty much how it went down. Yeah.
3: He's like, look,
0: you can get a Bowers with one good knee. <laughs> and, you know, it's twice the age or you get a Bowers with two good knees and I could be it for a while. So, OK, so nice. But either way, so Jay kind of got the job there. And uh, then Mr. Bowers, after a couple months, like seven months out of a life changing car accident, you're back at work. And then how long until you went back to Pace? Because Pace would then become like your home, right?
3: It's about a year and a
0: half. So Maybe two years, year and a half out of the accident, closer to yeah. two years. Then you're back at pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And you're like, there. I'll tell you what. I know some people that, and and honestly, this speaks to like almost like your generation. So there's a buddy of mine at the gym. Uh, shout out, his name's Bruce Talbert. So Bruce Talbert, he's a he's a he works. He does carpentry as well. He he builds stairs, but uh, he had had like major surgery and things like that. And he had every excuse not to be at the gym and he's coming back as soon as he can. First day he can be back there. He's there. You're the same way where it's like you like, you know, people by every right, you could say, yeah, I'm taking my time coming back to work and all this stuff, but it's not in you to sit around and do nothing and be lazy and whatever it's in you to get back to work, to provide for the family, to do your job, to find a purpose and all that stuff. And that's to be commendable because there's a ton of people out there that would take this as like, oh, I'm never going to have to work again. And I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. And I could be whatever, you know, but not you, you're ready to Mm -hmm. get back to work. And when you're back at work, you're not asking for help. You're not asking for handouts. You're saying, leave me alone. I need to do this on my own because eventually I'm going to be able to do this on my Mm -hmm. own. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. So, like, but, if they're, you're still, like, when you're at pace, it's kind of the same thing. You're hauling shit all over the place, right?
3: Yeah, like, people would come in, and, you know, let's say a homeowner would come in, only need one or two bundles of shingles. Yeah. Instead of tying up the warehouse guy, I would go, you know, I was a counter guy. I sold the stuff. I'd go out, and I'd, I'd load it up into their car for them, one or two yeah. bundles.
2: Yeah.
3: And the warehouse guy, yeah, what the hell are you doing? What are you, you, you nuts? Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. I'm, I'm doing it because I want to be able to do it. You yeah. know, I want to be able to. Continue sure. with my life, you know? Yeah. I don't need to sit down and whine and you know, do this for me, do that for me, because that exactly. you know, would <laughs> suck, yeah. you know?
0: Exactly. And that's not, yeah. And that's no way to live either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're out there, you don't want to
3: depend on people, you know? I want to be able to do it
0: myself. Exactly. And that's just kind of like, that's just honestly, that's a, I feel like, you know, I'd like to think that. I, You know, and until you're in that situation, you don't know how you'll react. But I think that you've instilled that into in Jay. And I think that Pete, your dad did the same. And I think my dad did the same as well, where it's like, look, I'm fighting back and I'm getting back to my old life and I don't care how much pain I got to go through to do it. I'm going to be able to conquer this, you know. Mm-hmm. So you would then spend the next 12 years at Pace doing your thing. And then you left Pace to go back to remodeling. Right.
3: With Lansdale Home
0: Improvements. Yeah. With Lansdale Home Improvements. And then a year ago, you're able to pack it up, pack it in, retire, retire. And, and live the beautiful retirement life of a year in COVID so (laughs) yeah so everything i dreamed of (laughs) yeah when you're thinking retirement you're thinking not being allowed outside without a mask for a year yeah oh yeah oh yeah buddy so okay so let's keep this going i want to talk about some of the cool things so one of these things and pete you never i don't know if you ever got to see this but when we were a kid i thought this was the coolest thing so like i said Mr. Bowers built an addition by himself of his house. In the addition, it was like plank and beam ceiling and all this awesome stuff. But he had these beams traversing the inside. He had these beams traversing the inside of the addition that, you know, that it almost made like a T-shape, like a cross. And on top of these beams, he put his train collection now, Pete, ah. I know if you look behind Mr. Bowers, I don't know if we can see it really. I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So behind him, there's a case that I believe you, he built himself. And in that case is a train set. And that's just a piece of the train set that he has. And small piece. Small piece. And these things, Pete, I'm telling you, when he was telling me the prices of some of these things that you could get, this is no joke and these things are freaking awesome and i've seen them in action
1: oh yeah he would so, get along with my father-in-law my father-in-law he worked for jersey transit forever and he's like a, like that's his big thing he builds like the the model trains and his big thing is he likes to build the train station so he has scranton and he has newark and he has like all of his little mm-hmm. things set up he's down in north carolina now where he's found some other people that are into his train things but uh well it's impressive
0: spe- speaking of that Mr. Bowers, you used to be the, were you the chairman or something of the local chapter? What You told me. Well, there were, now I was a
3: member of the TCA okay. and the, the local division was called the Atlantic division. Yeah. And I was co-chairman of the traveling train layout that we used to take to children's yeah. hospitals and, yep. and retirement nice. homes too. Yeah. yeah. Get,
0: and, get, so get this, Pete. So Mr. Bowers here. He built his track, but then what else he also did is he built this contraption where he could fold. It was like, I think it was like eight or nine layers of track that he could fold on top of itself, right? That the, he could then put into his van and he could take it to different children's hospitals and retirement homes and things like that. And he could see like these kids and these were sick kids, you know, he could take the train set there, he could put it all together. And then these kids could just, you know, have a time out from being sick kids in a damn hospital and doing, you know, kids and trains. It's like crack for kids. So, (laughs) you know, not only was he able to, like, he has this collection, but he was able to do like good things with it. You know what I mean?
3: I didn't build the layout. It was built by the division. A bunch of us. It was like a handful Uh. of guys. One of the guys was my old gym teacher, Al Broadhag. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) And I you know went through school he's my gym teacher you know how you know and then when i became a, a you know train collector and got in the organization he was one of the the people that was in it oh nice and it was like reconnecting nice. with him yeah and uh yeah and his son who i went to school with he was a valedictorian of our class Oh, geez. i got to reconnect with him and oh, and it was great. nice you know it's
0: yeah but that's also like that's kind of a cool niche too you know what i mean mm-hmm. like People think you know, like me and Pete, we did like the fighting and jujitsu and things like that. I bet there's more train collectors than there are guys doing jujitsu. You know what uh, I mean? I don't so, know
3: about that. <laughs> that <anymore>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but well, like you guys, it's a cool little niche. And like Pete, I feel like this is one of those things that kind of gets a bad rap because you say you say train sets and all that stuff, and people think whatever. But that's not the case. I've seen these things. These are elite machines, and these things are well, fantastic. I, yeah.
1: Yeah, other like, dude, it's something that takes like actual discipline, you know what I mean? Like most of our what, what are our hobbies? Like, oh, I watch 90 Day Fiance or I watch the oh, yeah. Eagles game. It's not yeah. something that actually, like, actually takes like time and skill and discipline, like,
0: yeah, this and it takes <laughs> a lot a of whole craftsmanship and creativity right, yeah. and everything like that. And it's also <laughs> like research and stuff like that, Mr. Bowers. You were telling me, like, what would so there's you know that, like, you there's different types of trains, obviously. But like when you're researching, like how much would some of these trains could they be worth? It, it it it's
3: so crazy the variance. It's uh you know you can have a really old train from the twenties, you can pay a hundred hundred and fifty dollars for. You can go out and buy a brand new train today. It's got all the electronic gizmos and pay thirteen hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars. Right. And there's older trains that are worth more than that. There's newer trains that are worth less. It's just it's. There's but, so big a variety.
0: Yeah. But that's still like, to, and you're, you know, and it's almost kind of like a fun thing. Like you're able to research it. You're able to find it. You talk to the other guys in the community and you mm-hmm. can trade. And like, honestly, I've seen these things. These things are works of art. The way they're detailed, the way they run, the even mm-hmm. like the layout that you have them on. And also another thing, when Jay brings the boys over, they're ape shit for these <laughs> things. Are you kidding me? They're going <laughs> they nuts. are. But also I do want to bring up, and I don't want to skate over this. You did say like you would pack up the trains and you would bring them to children's hospitals. Honestly, man, that's like that. You're doing the Lord's work there because these kids it's every day, every day in these hospitals. And you're doing this. This is back in the early two thousands before you could give these kids a tablet and have them waste their lives. there. like, they're just standing around doing nothing. And I guarantee that when the train man came, you know, that's what they're saying. When the train man came, they lose their shit, and it's the best day, and it helps them take the, you know, their pains away, and, and mm-hmm. bring you're bringing a smile to a kid who could be terminally ill with some disease, and yeah. that's well, why should do have should. a good story about that. Oh, let's hear it. All we, right, go we're, down it. To,
3: we're down at we're down the children's hospital, and there's buttons and stuff on the layout that kids can push. Gates will go down, lights will flash, stuff like that, so they can be interactive with it. Mm-hmm. And she, this nurse, wheeled this. Child up to the the table and he sat there and he watched for a while. And then he reached out and he tried to hit one of the buttons to make something activate on the layout. Yeah. The nurse starts crying. I'm like, what happens? Is he okay? Did he hurt himself? What's the matter? She goes, That's the first voluntary movement he's made in three weeks.
1: Just reaching for that button. Yeah. So you think, you know, I'm
3: I'm taking the trains down, I'm setting them up. The kids are playing, having a good time. There's stories like that going on that you don't even realize. Yeah. That's the oh, first yeah. voluntary movement he's made in three weeks. Jesus Christ. She starts crying. Because oh. a bunch of guys, brought some old guys brought some trains
0: for kids to play with. Yeah.
3: But
1: Man. still,
0: I mean, that's just like. And he
1: gave them the one thing the kids always want. They always want to push the button. And he brought <laughs> the most
0: beautiful button. Or like, ah, oh. oh, that's. You, brought, you so. brought 20 of the best buttons money could buy. And,
3: and then you would take it to an old folks home. And they, oh, when I was a kid, we had these trains. Oh, Oh, let me tell you. And
0: and then they start reminiscing. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You're just bringing, like, you're legit when you're packed, like, and I saw you do it. It wasn't like it was the easiest thing in the world to pack these things up and ship them off. And you're Mm -hmm. driving all these hours away and things like that. But when you have stories of, like, that legit, you're bringing happiness to people in these Mm -hmm. train sets that you're able to put together. And that's, that's a great, great thing, man. You know, like. I guarantee, like hopefully, God, God willing, some of those kids survived, you know. Oh, I'm sure they have. And, and and I know that those kids all would remember the train guy. You yeah, know, it's what I, mean?
3: I did it like 10 years, and there's like three or four kids that really stick into my head that oh, I think about. Yeah. And that that, that is one, one, of one of them. That's fantastic. That's awesome. what life's
1: all about. Human interaction, just having those experiences.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. So Thanks. Yeah, no. No, thank you. Because that's the kind of things that makes the world a better place. And that's the stuff you were doing. And that's, and that's you know, I think the world needs more things like that. All right, Ben. Time for Breaking the Action. We're going to bring you a new segment to the show. This is Shit That Happened in Wrestling with our good friend Steve Gavin Steve, what shit happened in wrestling? We had some sad shit happen this weekend. A Winslow Township, New Jersey native, a... Philadelphia area brethren and one of the greatest wrestlers to ever step foot on a mat in this world Jordan Burroughs two-time national champion four-time world champion Olympic gold medalist he decided for the first time in 10 years he didn't want to be on the team no more and by that I mean couldn't beat Kyle Dake who he's beaten three times before don't get it twisted, Dake is a monster four-time national champ one of four guys to ever do it Absolute stud, still always sad to see a great legend go
1: down, and that's the shit that happened in wrestling.
0: All right, now we should that happened to wrestling with our good friend Steve Tabbitt. Now back to the show. So, you know, enough kissing your ass, we're gonna move on a little bit. I want to talk. <laughs> So, uh, I've seen this firsthand and I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're a craftsman, not an artist, but this thing is a freaking work of art. So I went to Jay's house. Jay's wife makes sauce and meatballs that are out of this freaking world. This is Old school mad own, these are the freaking Italians, you know, doing their thing. Jay's wife does it. She made
4: it this weekend.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm salivating just thinking about it. But it was like, I'm telling you, <laughs> this is some of the best I've ever. It was it's it pretty freaking good, you know. So either way, we go over to Jay's house and I walk in. And as soon as I walk into the right, I see a grandfather clock, right and this uh-huh. thing I'm looking at it I'm like this thing is unreal like where the hell did you get this and he's like oh my dad made it are <laughs> you freaking kidding me right like, this thing, okay, what is it maybe five feet tall a little taller than that right S- six
1: and he was able to hang it by himself like he didn't <laughs> have to <bring laughs> stands That's on the floor, floor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You hang it by, oh, yeah, because you just took the picture down and you hang it up. <laughs> you motherfucker. How big was the picture? Oh, my God, you son of <laughs> a bitch. So, so okay, this grandfather clock, Jay, how tall is this thing? It's probably about seven feet. Jesus Christ. How long, Mr. Bowers, how long did it take you to put it together?
3: It took me a summer, but I did one before that, the one I have. I've it took that. me about a year and a half. Yeah. Jesus Christ! And yes. like
4: Matt, do you remember
0: what it's made out of? Uh, is it, Yours is 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 it yeah. oak? Am I right? No, What's No, it? mine's uh,
3: oak. His is spalted maple. Spalted
4: maple from from, from my from backyard, our backyard in our neighbor's backyard. Oh
3: no, shit! So what it have? So the trees cut down and milled into planks. <laughs> oh. And then I used, then I dried them out.
0: I'm going to use those
3: to build the clocks.
0: Is this in the fucking 1800s or something? (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit! You fucking- Dude, my
1: idea of making pancakes from scratch is getting the stuff you had to add water to this guy's like, Oh no, I just build my trees to make a clock.
0: Dude, this is this, this is the next level man shit that we're talking about <laughs> a fucking hey, it, a tree fell hey, down. Man, it's me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dude, it's the next, like you're on your own level of freaking man shit right now. This is next fucking level. You're a tree falls down. You, you're you knock the tree down in your yard, take it down. And instead of just getting rid of the wood, you're like, oh, I'll make a freaking, I'll be able to make a grandfather clock for my son and his family. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear, did Mr. Bowers make a clock out of it? That's the question. (laughs) And the philosophy class is going on right now.
0: Yeah, well, it's a fucking yes, you know. And this, I'm telling you, man. This thing is a beauty, a beauty. I've, I've seen it. The craftsmanship is unbelievable. I mean, if you were to sell this, I wouldn't sell it for a freaking million dollars. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like also that's now what you've created is a family heirloom. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's something you can pass along. Like, you know, Jan or, or Jay's kids will be able to have that and their kids and their kids. And they can say, my grandfather built this clock. That's something like, like, I, that's cool feeling. That's a great thing. And, you know, like you, you and you've earned it, you know, and that's something you should cherish. And that's phenomenal, man. That's ab- like, Thanks. I only wish I could do that kind of shit, you know, like, I mean, you know, I don't know my dad when he passed, I got a pair of uh, brass knuckles. And that's the thing he passed on to me that he got when he was in Korea.
3: I got brass knuckles from my grandfather.
0: Oh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I fucking love him. I'm not going to lie. You're fucking, you want to feel the power in your hands, yep. brother. Let me say it. Oh, Unless my
3: you can open a beer with them.
0: Oh my God. Hey, maybe I'll try that. I've never tried that. But yeah, that's fucking, that's dude, I'm telling you. But that is something that's unreal. That is so cool. So Thanks. other than building priceless grandfather clocks and works of art, <laughs> you've also taught yourself how to stain glass is that right oh wait on. Yeah. let's backtrack how the hell did you learn how to build a grandfather clock uh got a set of plans
3: just started building it I don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're just like all right I didn't you learn
3: anything you know it's, yeah
0: you know, I, years of Home remodeling, just you knew you're you had the, the tools and you have the skills I had tools, I had the talent. Damn. Like he looked at a space on his wall and yeah. he
1: said there should be a clock there, and <laughs> I, I will be the one that will build it. It's
3: like the guy in Ghostbusters said, I have the we have the tools, we have the talent.
0: Damn right. Yeah. We have that in abundance for Christ's sake. So so you taught yourself how to build a grandfather clock, then you teach yourself how to stain glass. So what so why did this come about? The staining glass.
3: Well, my brother-in-law had got me interested in it Uh and he had given me a a panel that needed to be repaired.
0: Yeah.
3: So I figured out how to fix it, built a frame for it, hung it in my window, kind of got the bug. Yeah. And uh, I've seen these uh, Tiffany stained glass lampshades. Yeah. Some were really awesome. Yeah. So I just started, I got a kit, I bought a a mold and a kit, (laughs) you know, and I just started I can teach you how to do it in ten minutes. Oh, is that you really good? Yeah. Well, I it's just that the talent that it takes it the, the like the I artistic know, monotonous. Yeah. It's you know, but that's the kind while, of shit
0: you like though, right? Like you yeah. like that kind of like you're 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 Tedious. Crea- yeah, but you're creating something though. Like yeah. you you kind of like in a way. You find a, I feel like you kind of find solace in that, you know, like you kind of yeah, like a little bit. It's almost like a therapeutic thing for you in a way. Right. And when you're done and you look at what you've created it's it's quite an accomplishment I yeah. would have to say. Time well spent. Yeah. And like, you know, and there are people that re- like were you even retired at the time when you were building these things? Like you hadn't been retired yet, right? No, I was still when I
3: started about I guess 10 15 years ago. Yeah. So Learning. you So you this just, was just
1: a way to distract you from uh Jay being an asshole as a child. Huh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: He was a pretty good kid, yeah. Yeah, I only
3: have I only ever <laughs> had like two incidents with him.
0: Yeah, I don't think Jay, you really never got in trouble, right? Yeah, no, nah. no, nah. that was right. a big wet
4: blanket through most
0: of <laughs> I had to jack him up
3: one time, him and Alan.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: I know, I know I got in trouble enough for all of us, so <laughs> that's the fucking truth. Jack Jay up, yeah. told Alan he
3: had to get home, and,
0: and that was it. That was it. What happened? Can we talk about it? Yeah. What? I can talk about it if you want. Right. We're <laughs> at- I was home. Him and
3: Alan were there. Yeah. And I, I, I hear these like little chirpies, jerk, jerk, jerk. Yeah. I'm making these weird noises. And I realized what they were, you know, they were, they were poking at me. So I grabbed Jason, jacked him up. <coughs> I said, don't you ever re- disrespect me like that again. Then I threw him to the ground. I looked at Alan I said, Alan, time for you to go home. Oh. Alan ran running out the door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. Hey. That, <laughs> that was like the, the biggest discipline problem I ever had. I don't, <laughs> I it, I you don't
4: remember this.
3: You don't remember
1: that? No. Learned right away. Maybe,
4: maybe it's You don't suppressed. remember your dad taking uh, Alan's boots and throwing them into the mud right before <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Alan. Nah, I do remember. You're running like, home bare feet. I do remember like... Um, yeah, you know, if there was ever any kind of corrective action needed, he should just take his fingers and just hit you right in your sternum. Oh, you. Like knock gosh. it off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my that was fun. My old man, he was a big fan of the vice grip on the back of the neck. He would lock on and be like, Do we need to have a talk? And I'm like, oh ah.
1: i was a dumb kid my parents would be like oh like uh you keep crying i'll give you something to cry about and i would stop crying because i thought they were going to give me something like oh like am i getting candy or a toy like what is going to stop me from crying had no understanding of the underlying threat that was coming at me i'm like all
0: right sweet all right oh if i stop crying what's coming hey you got a freaking doritos all right sweet (laughs) (laughs) i i will pete i don't want to blow you up but okay so one time I was uh, I was with this chick uh, who's not my wife, and I was with this chick, and we've gone out (laughs) on a date. And Pete was there with a chick who was also not his wife as well. And uh, (laughs) we're out to dinner at a nice Mexican place, the Adobe Cafe, in in Mania, beautiful place, right? That was like our spot. We would go there all the time, hang out. And we're there, and everyone's sitting down at the table, and Pete says you guys got to try these plain Doritos. They're great. I was like, (laughs) you mean the Tostitos chips, you know, like uh, the tortilla chips. And he was like, yeah, I've never had plain Doritos. These are awesome. I I don't mean to blow you up, Pete. I just thought that was funny, but Doritos. I like that story too. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So you're, you're teaching yourself to build grandfather clocks. And this is just like You like, honestly, I feel like you're, you know, you have so much fulfillment that we've talked about in your life and all these great things. And it comes because like, you loved what you were doing. You loved like being able to build things and fix things. Right. Mr. Bowers. like, yeah, pretty much. But like you like working, like, you know, woodworking and craftsmanship and carpentry and all that stuff. Like you Mm -hmm. like it so much that it was your job, but then also you would do it in your spare time for fun you know like pretty much yeah see -hmm. that's like something incredible that's really really like i mean to find that kind of passion i think is fascinating and the fact that you're put being able to build things for your family and things like that like the 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 the, you built a lampshade for like the stained glass lampshade right and like Mm -hmm. it's in your home right now and i'm sure i got a
3: bunch of them oh my god made at
0: least 10 10 or 11 of them and does like and does mrs bowers like them or what she loves oh, yeah, them. yeah. They're all over the house. See, that's incredible. Like, if I built something, it would be like you know, like a house of toothpicks, and my wife would be like, "Sure, we can hang that on the fridge." Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like, but your wife is like, "My husband built this, as well as the house that we're standing in." You know, like, <laughs> like she could. Well, obviously not now because they're at a different house. But the but the old house, she could do that. But either way, so I want to keep moving. I do want to talk about this. So, as well as, like, you know, your retirement, you're hanging out, you're still, you know, like, you're hanging out and stuff. When did you guys go? You took a trip. And this, to me, when we talked about it, was awesome. You guys, you and Mrs. Bowers took a trip to Alaska. Yeah. So, how long ago was this trip? That was 2018. 2018. Golly. So, Pre-COVID, and what did you think? Yeah. How was
3: it? Oh, it was grad the best time of my life. Oh God, that it was a it was a land land tour and a cruise. Oh. So we flew into Anchorage, uh-huh. uh, got on a train, okay, went into the Outback. They did some. We did a little bus tour here and there. Yeah, then we got on a cruise ship uh-huh. for like like eight days. Was on, you know, going in and out of the fjords, oh. and Alaska, and you know, seeing dolphins and whales. Oh. And, Oh, it was, it was just awesome. How like
0: it. how picturesque is like the country up there, right? Like is, oh, it's just beautiful. You can't. Is it really breathtaking? Like when you're. It is oh, it really gosh. is. Yeah, it is. I can only imagine. Like, were you, were there any icebergs or anything like that that you saw? Like, were you? Up... Uh, yeah, we saw a lot of like not big,
3: huge icebergs, but a lot of ice chunks in, yeah. the, still... in the fjords as you're going in. God, that's uh, incredible. Saw Denali from a distance. It was it was pretty cool. What's a Denali? Denali oh, wow. National Park. It, it, it used to be called Mount McKinley. Now they oh, went back to the yeah. Now it's called Denali. What the original
0: name? Why did they change it? Do they tell us?
3: Uh, it was originally called Denali oh, okay. by the indigenous people.
0: Oh, I see. And then
3: McKinley became president, and yeah. they, we bought Alaska. They they named it after him, and yeah. then they went back to the original
0: indigenous. Hey, what called?
3: Is it Seward's Folly? Right? Because uh, they thought it
1: was Seward's a big Folly, mistake yeah. to buy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Seward's Icebox. Uh, they thought Seward's Icebox. Yeah, they thought that, that. So I do remember this. They thought it was that- it was a
1: barren land, so they didn't realize mm-hmm. there was any value. So they thought it was just a big yep. mistake to buy. And nope. Seward was the Secretary of State that I guess said put yeah, it through. It was yeah. called Seward's
3: folly. you right. No
1: yeah. shit.
0: But now, like everyone knows, like that, thank God we have it. Right. You yep. know. Jesus. Yeah. It's
3: beautiful yeah. up there. It's absolutely beautiful.
0: I can only imagine. I can't honestly. That's definitely on the bucket list of places to build. And that's one of those things. And when we talked earlier you confirm the air you're breathing up there. It's like just cleaner and fresher and it's just, Oh man, that's awesome. That's really like an eye opening kind of place. And it just seems like it would be so much fun and and a great place to visit. That's awesome. So, okay. So let's keep this moving and I'll do one last thing and I'll cut you. I'll let, I'll let you leave. So uh, I sent a list of questions. Did I send you the questions? The, okay. Mm So I just want to ask you a couple questions. We're gonna go over them, and then uh, then all then all uh, then you know you can kick me the hell out. So uh, question number one: What was your favorite movie at the age of ten?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, age of
4: ten. Did they have picture shows back then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. they have
3: talkies?
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh...
3: Probably, um, Shakespeare's The
1: Taming of the Shrew. I don't know. There were
3: so many. There were so many. You know, it does it have to be from the age of 10 or yeah. before yeah, that? It can be before that. It can be, you know, just oh, when I don't you know. were a kid.
1: Hey, your favorite movie like, at the age of 10. So it could have been something you saw earlier, and, you know. Yeah. All
3: right. If maybe Bonnie and Clyde was out at that time, might have been Ooh, that at the time. That's pretty good. Uh, but I sound like old movies. Yeah, it was made before. It's night, made before 1950. I'm watching it. Okay. Oh, dude, You're an on arsenic the and front? old lace fan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, Casablanca, On the Waterfront, yep. Gone with the Wind, dude, like The Quiet Man, anything with John Wayne. I'm with it. Yep. They're just the best. Yep. Dude. They're the best. The Quiet Man. My, white... my
1: personal favorite is Arsenic and Old Lace for the old movies. Where oh, oh. oh, oh. So Yeah, so Grant, yeah. yep.
3: There's a series uh, with William Powell called The Thin Man. Mm-hmm. Ah. And he's a detective. Ooh. And that's there's like five of them with him and Myrna Lawyer. They're really good. So I, I love old okay. movies like that. Same. Yeah. Oh,
0: you know, nice. you know what movie I caught the other day? Freaking love it. The man who shot Liberty Valance. Oh, Fucking yeah. Love that movie. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah.
3: cool
1: That was did you know apparently? Uh what was Jimmy Stewart's big uh, Christmas movie? Uh, obviously. Oh uh, uh, it's a wonderful uh, life. It's a wonderful life. Yeah. Apparently that was a bomb at first. Like it, yeah, it, it, was. it was something that, yeah, it was a huge bomb and it oh, became really big because it was so cheap that uh, they could put it on the TV for free. They charged no royalties because no one wanted it. So then they started playing it like every day, like we watch uh, a Christmas story. And then yeah. it became a thing. Like it's it, it, like exposure made it what it is today.
0: No mm-hmm. kidding. I think Jimmy, I think it was, it's Jimmy Stewart. So I think it's uh, Spencer Tracy, Jimmy Stewart, and Tom Hanks are the only people, only actors ever win back to back best actors, I believe. I don't know I might be wrong But yeah Jimmy Stewart man I mean phenomenal I mean Any of those Mm -hmm. I'm with you Those old movies All the old actors They're so freaking good Anything with Brando too I fucking love Brando Mm -hmm. Like On the Waterfront Streetcar Named Desire Yep All of them Superman Oh (laughs) Superman of course (laughs) You know uh, What's the one uh, The Vietnam one I forget Um, Okay Apocalypse Now Apocalypse Now Yep Yep so, okay, so let's keep it moving then. So what is your favorite movie or TV show now? I don't have one. Yeah.
3: Really, I just watch, like, History Channel. Oh,
0: what are you watching on History Channel?
3: <laughs> I'll tell you what, my favorite show right now is Ridiculousness. Uh, with Rob yes, Dyrdek?
0: Dyrdek?
3: Yes, I love it. I got so sick of watching TV that I just started watching that. It's great. Really? With it's Rob so Dyrdek? good. Is it yeah, good? Rob Dyrdek? Yeah, it's
0: great. I it's, love it. i are just I'm, clips. Yeah, they're just stupid clips. Isn't it been around can, for a while too? It's yeah, been like, around for like ten years. Jesus, <laughs> it,
3: it runs constantly all day long.
0: And it's just—is it that funny?
3: It is. They're just stupid clips of
0: people doing stupid shit. And the, and people making fun of them. <laughs> yep. And they're
4: yeah, it's a great show. It's like yeah. Tosh Point but for MTV. All
0: right. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to check that out then.
1: Nice. It's Tosh.0 for people with ADD. You're like, I don't want to hear the bit. Just show me the goddamn
3: clips. I'm the
0: same <laughs> way. I have no time for your
3: bits.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, it's, yeah, right now, that's what I, I watch a lot now.
0: Nice. All right. So then, uh, okay, next question. Uh, if you could give yourself a nickname, what would it be? The Supreme Omnipotent. Oh, <laughs> shit. All right. <laughs> no,
3: I'm just kidding you.
0: What the heck? No, I
3: used to have a nickname in high school. It was Cars. Cars? cars, cars, short All right. for Carl. Nice cars. Ah, I like that.
0: All right. That's what they
3: called me in high school.
0: Cool. And but you I know, I know why, but I mean, for me, oh, to you work at a gas station and you what know.
4: to your face. Yeah. That's what they called you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah they said yeah. Car. They called me cars. <laughs>
4: behind your back.
0: Yeah,
3: Don Don Dan Mangle started, I think. Uh, Dan
0: Mangle, nice. Nice, that's not a bad one. Okay, so uh, all right, so that's a good one. cars for the nickname. Then, uh, if you could host a TV show, what TV show would you host? It could be real or made up. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's <a good> one. <laughs> I could see you host ridiculousness. Like... There you go. <laughs> all right, I like it. All right, <laughs> that's great. That'd be good. That is great. You, I would actually, I would love to see you host ridiculousness. <laughs> You would be like, look at this freaking moron fucking falling out of a tree. Look at this. Just guy. like
3: these people here.
0: <laughs> you, could be, you could be like, you could be like, look at this dumbass trying to use a split joint on a piece of cedar.
2: <laughs> what is this for a noob?
0: <laughs> you know? Okay. So uh, what TV game show would you want to be on?
3: I think Jeopardy.
0: Yeah. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Are you good with that? The random facts?
3: Well, if you don't count my wrong answers, I am. <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, you'd probably be top of the charts. Uh, yeah. All right. So then, uh, I wanna. I wonder if. So this is okay. So Jay, this we've talked about this. This is a good opportunity to clear something up. So, what's the biggest word you know the meaning of, Mister Bowers? And then Jay, will talk about what we talked about before.
3: Biggest word I know the meaning of. Yep. Uh, Constantinople. Oh, it's, the, <laughs> it's a city. Yeah. Uh,
0: it was. It's uh, Budapest now, right? Istanbul. Istanbul. No, not Budapest. Istanbul. No, it's Istanbul. Istanbul now, but formerly yeah, Constantinople. Constantinople. All right. As nice. the
1: Wackamaniacs will remind you, or the Animaniacs. Yeah. <laughs> Istanbul is Constantinople, and Istanbul is Constantinople. We can play that song later on. <laughs> we, sure,
0: we sure can. Okay, so uh, something we wanted to clear up. Uh, apparently, we have a discrepancy with a former episode. It was the... Uh, the Taxman, uh, episode one of the Pete McCormick, two episodes. Uh, Jay, can you please uh, rekindle us with some knowledge? The I'll, I'll say this. The the uh, person we interviewed in the Pete McCormick episode one, uh, that person said the biggest word they knew the meaning of was anti-disestablishmentarianism. Uh, then they said that just means something as the definition, which it does. Jay, uh, can you please regale us?
4: Oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> It has to do with the Church of England. going you know back hundreds of years. Um, when the Church of England was established, um, there was people that wanted to disestablish it as the official Church of England.
2: Oh. The
4: people that were against that were anti-disestablishment. So anti-disestablishmentarianism was the basically they wanted to keep the Church of England.
1: Well, now my dad's going to tune in because I only know that word because my dad used to say it all the time and I actually didn't know what it meant. So, <laughs> so
3: I, like I I've heard the word and I didn't know what it meant either. Yeah, my dad I'll would always you, like I, say it all the time, and
1: I'm like I have no idea what this means. But he was a, he went to he went to St. Joe's. He was a Jesuit college guy, so
4: that's why he knows what this is. The uh, the funny story of why I know that is I had a seventh grader years ago who was one of the smartest kids ever taught. And we are talking about something in class and this one student goes, what was the name of that one thing we talked about last year? And it was like, it was like kind of a long word. And the kid looks at him and goes, anti-disestablishmentarianism? And the kid goes, yeah, that's it. I was like, I had to look it up. Like I I didn't recall (laughs) anti-disestablishmentarianism, but this seventh grader just Pulls it out of nowhere and he goes, "Oh, you mean anti-disestablishmentarianism?"
0: Yep, and that kid right now is designing Amazon's next to Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, all right. So, Pete, uh, next time we have you on as a guest, when you're not a host, uh, if that will ever happen again, probably not. You'll have to come up with a new biggest word you know the meaning of because that's now yeah. Jay's word. So there you go.
1: It'll be called a jerky <laughs> mc Face or Stanistan. Oh. You explain the thing that I knew when I didn't know.
0: Oh, so is that it? it, So I just did a jerky McJerk face McStanistan.
1: You know what? If the jerk uh,
0: face fits. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. If the jerky (laughs) McJerk's face fits, huh? Real nice, bub. Okay. so. All right. So I think I might know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, So, Mr. Bowers, the next question. uh, What was the worst day of work in your whole life? (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, it was December 11th, 1996.
0: Is that the, that's I, the, the car day of the accident. Okay. Man. Yeah. Day that the- sounds like it was a pretty rough day. You were late. You were late on that delivery. Sure. You yeah. never lived. In- no, I made the
3: delivery. I was late getting back. <laughs> <laughs> delivery went fine. Oh my the god! The guys got
0: their J channel. Oh my God. There wasn't a day in
1: 1993 when a certain family moved on to sixth street.
0: Uh, I mean, that was the worst day in everybody's life. <laughs> so, all right. So let's keep it moving. Uh, what was the best day of work in your whole life? And this is the last thing. And then, I'll, you know.
3: When I was a kid, I was working as a stock boy part-time and I was still doing home remodeling. I was working stock boy at King's part-time. And it was Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. And I was stock boy. And we were going to have to work doing layaways all night long. Yeah. Because you know people are getting their Christmas gifts before Christmas. Yeah. And the boss came up to me and he goes, "Hey, Carl, it's Christmas Eve, you know, and I'd let you know this is going to be your last night at work because after Christmas we're not going to need you, and the other people are, you know, going to need their jobs and blah blah blah." I was, oh, uh, okay. Well. And I guess you really won't mind if I leave right now, would you? And he went, well, no, we could use it for the rest of the night. And I said, well, you know what? If you're going to lay me off, see ya oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I stuck him on Christmas Eve when he needed a stock boy to do all the running. Oh, Because he was going to lay me, He should have told me at the end of the day. Yeah, that's, the his, the that's his
0: fucking fault.
3: So he told me I walked in, I punched the card. Yeah. I mean, I had like four minutes on my card that night. Yeah. Yeah. I punched it and he goes, oh, Carl, I'm talk to you. I have to lay off the lights. quick <laughs> Oh, good. See
0: ya. Yeah, screw that bastard. Taking. That was the it. most satisfying. Oh, that must have been the best. It's great. That must have been the best feeling. That's like, kind of like the. See ya. Yeah, it's kind of like fuck you, fuck you, fuck yeah, that's you. It. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, that's fuck. That's awesome.
3: Because I didn't need the job. You know, I was part time. I was yeah. just doing it for yeah. extra money. Like, and, right. and he
0: was freaking. He was. He was an idiot. Why the hell? He we, was an idiot. That's he his, was an
3: idiot the whole time I worked there. So yeah, so his, the only reason. If he was a nice guy and I didn't, you know, I really care, I would have stayed that night. Yeah,
0: but he was a dick, so screw him. Fuck him, man. That's what he gets. <laughs> and he's a fuck, yep. stupid dick then too for telling you early. What an idiot. <laughs> so all right, so Mr. Bowers, I'm telling you, I cannot thank you enough for this. This I mean, thank was you. what a show. What a show, man. Really got some great stuff. Jay, thanks for coming on, sharing everything. I know we got a little hairy there and stuff. And you too, Mr. Bowers. Pete, great fucking job tonight, man. This was just one hell of a show. Really, really loved it. And, I mean, I can't wait to air this. This is going to be good. And, you know.
1: Anytime you go over 40 minutes, you
0: know it's good pod. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you, man. I hear you. And, you know, and uh, this was a great show. And these are the things you can expect at the Working Perspectives podcast when it's run by me. If that son of a bitch bastard Tom Lavelle that bought the fucking show from underneath me thinks he can run the show the same way, then he's out of his fucking mind. This is our show, all right. It's not his. Well, show. you know
1: what? Luckily, Matt, you, you're out. You've you've gotten rid of all of your uh, Benedict Arnolds, and now you only got Alexander Hamiltons left. That's, that's all you got God left on your damn team.
0: Right. That's goddamn right. And we're gonna take Hamilton all the way to the Tonys and win them all again, because that's what we're fucking I'm doing. Straight. This is the most award-winning podcast money can buy. And it's going to be great. And, dude, honestly, Mr. Roush, can't thank you enough. Jay, this is great. Thanks, man. Honestly, I hope. Thanks, guys. Spread spread the word tell your wife. And I would honestly, I'd love to have Mrs. Bowers on and Dave as well. I would, you know, get the whole family in here and then eventually you guys will, uh, will end up listening and hating each other for all the shit you talk to each other. And that's, just what <laughs> but, so, uh, once again, so, um, uh, this has been another episode of the working perspectives podcast, uh, party in your pants. Pete, you got anything you want to say to the peeps before we get out of here?
1: I'm ready to get some dinner.
0: Yeah. Party on party people. All right. <laughs> Mr. Bowers, any messages you want to send to the dozens and dozens of listeners? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, that's the best message.
3: Just, just truthfully, yeah. No. <laughs> I
0: fucking love it. Jaybird, anything you want to say to all the peeps out there? Nah, I'm all right. All right, good deal. So... Uh, This has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. Big thanks to Party in Your Pants, Pete McCormick, Mr. Bowers, and Jay Bowers for coming in today. You can find all episodes of the Working Perspectives Podcast on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at The. Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on Instagram for all the fun at Working Perspectives Podcast. And you can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working Pod. Anyone likes to be a guest on the show, and go through the approval process with the PAAA, not like some dumb bastard named Tom Lavelle who didn't get approved to be on the show and pirated on the damn show. If you want to be going through the approval process with Cheryl at the PAAA, you contact us at workingrespectives at gmail.com and you get it done right. This has been another episode of the Working Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle. Thanks for listening. Stick around for the ad read. See ya. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100 percent creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, k is in kite, o is in October, t is in Tom, b is boy, e is Edward, l is Larry, l is Larry